My name is Karen. And my name is Colleen. And this is Books, Movies, and Musicals. Oh, oh my! Hello and welcome to The Holiday Show, where we discuss movies based around holidays. Today we are discussing the Star Kid musical, The Guy Who Didn't Like Musicals from 2018. And as always, we want to give a big patron shout out to Boom for always being there for us over the past, what, three years? That's Something crazy. like that. <laughs> Something <laughs> like you, that. Thank you, Boom. <laughs> Thank you, Boom. We genuinely really appreciate it. We do. We do. Always. <laughs> so, you know, same case as we'll be for the rest of the year. We are going to read the plot and then chat about yeah. what we basically just read and watched. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. We do want to just, you know, give you that invitation to join the Discord. We have it. It's available. We hang out in it sometimes. You know, it's kind of fun. Do you movie know. nights. Yeah. Good Tons times happen. <laughs> yeah. uh, we also have, like sections where you can like tell us what you think with your ideas and like whatever if you want to just post memes you can do that we have lots of options for interacting with us so if you want to pop in there that'd be really cool (laughs) yep but i think that's it i think so yeah cool so then I will, I guess, just dive right into Act 1. We're reading it in two parts because it's a musical, so it's got an Act 1 Act 2. And since they're both pretty long, I'm going to read one, and then Colleen's going to read the other. So, I will read Act 1 now. A group of singing zombies addresses the audience, setting the scene in the small town of Hatchetfield and introducing the main character, unremarkable everyman Paul Matthews. At his office, Paul is invited to a production of Mamma Mia by his coworker Bill, but he declines. While at a local coffee shop, Paul meets Emma Perkins, a barista who shares his dislike of musicals. As he leaves the shop, an approaching storm forces him to shelter. The various residents of Hatchetfield express dismay over the weather, while a strange meteor strikes the local theater. The next day, Paul encounters a group of people singing and dancing in unison, Paul, deeply disturbed, arrives at work. He is called into his boss's office, but flees when his boss bursts into song. Rushing to the coffee shop, he tells Emma he thinks the world is becoming a musical. Emma, unconvinced, excuses herself to t- sing a tips song with her co-workers. However, the customers collapse after drinking coffee infected by Emma's co-workers. The zombified customers join the baristas in song, chasing Paul and Emma out of the shop. Paul and Emma find Paul's co-workers in an alleyway where they learn the entire town is affected. Paul's co-worker Charlotte calls her husband Sam, a police officer, for help. An infected Sam attacks the group until he is knocked out. After discovering Sam's blood is now bright blue, Emma proposes that they seek help from her biology professor, doomsday survivalist Professor Higgins. The group arrives at Higgins' fortified home, where he explains that Sam's blue blood and all the citizens' infection is the result of an alien invasion, arriving via the meteor that struck the theater, and restrains the unconscious Sam. When Sam wakes up, he convinces Charlotte to untie him, then attacks and kills her. 
Meanwhile, Emma and Paul become closer, where they discover Paul's hatred of musicals was inspired by seeing Emma perform in Brigadoon in high school. Their conversation is interrupted by a zombified Charlotte and Sam, who attack the group. Professor Hidgens returns shooting and killing both of them. Bill receives a phone call from his daughter Alice that she is trapped at school. Paul joins Bill on his rescue mission. Act 2. At the high school, Paul and Bill search for Alice. They find a zombified Alice who claims Bill caused her death and he was never a good father. Bill, heartbroken, attempts to shoot himself but is instead killed by Alice. Right as she is about to attack Paul, the army arrives, scaring her away and knocking Paul out. Back at Professor Hidgen's compound, Hidgen's explains the aliens are a hive mind that communicates through music. Although this helps Emma realize how to stop it, Hidgen's becomes convinced a hive mind could create a, power, a peaceful world. He sedates Emma to prevent her from spreading the information. Meanwhile, Paul wakes up and is greeted by General McNamara, who works with a special unit of the U.S. Army called PEEP. McNamara tells him that if he can rescue Emma, the Army will send a rescue helicopter. Emma wakes up tied to a chair with Paul's co-worker Ted. Hidgens deactivates his house's defenses and reveals he has a history in musical theater. He intentionally attracts the aliens by singing the opening number of his musical, Working Boys, a show glorifying his own undergrad experience. The zombies arrive and Hidgens willingly joins them, convinced they're his college friends. The zombies then tear him apart. Paul arrives to rescue Emma and Ted and they head for the pickup site, but the zombies drag off Paul. Ted abandons them and continues running, making it to the pickup site before being shot. Peep, now infected, is led by a zombified McNamara. Paul and Emma manage to escape to the helicopter, but they discover the pilot is infected. The resulting fight crashes the helicopter and pierces Emma's leg with rebar. She tells them to leave her and destroy the meteor, ending the invasion. Paul arms himself with grenades and reluctantly leaves. The zombies once again address the audience. Paul enters the site of the meteor crash and is greeted by the reanimated bodies of the town residents. They claim they're happy and ask what he wants, to which he replies, it does not matter. They begin to sing, telling him that he must express his feelings through song. To his horror, his close proximity to the meteor is quickly infecting him. Paul switches rapidly between singing and talking, fighting for, for control against the infection. He manages to pull the pin on a grenade and throw it at the meteor, screaming that he doesn't like musicals. A newscast from the neighboring town of Clivesdale states that it has been two weeks since the previous events. Emma is in a hospital in Clivesdale and is now in witness protection. She is told there were no other survivors, but that she will be escorted to her new life by someone she knows. Paul enters, and Emma, overjoyed, embraces him. Paul begins to sing, telling her she lost. He is joined by other zombies, and they sing a medley of previous songs in the show and implore her to join them, explaining that they have finally found happiness. They tell her the ending is inevitable and surround and drag her off stage. The end. The end. The end. Yes, that is that is the musical. Many zombies. Musical. <laughs> yep. yep, musical zombies. Yes. <laughs> Sounds perfect. I, I mean, yeah, I don't know if I've <laughs> ever heard of another musical that had zombies in it. Not in this way, at least. Yeah. But I don't know. Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> anyway, we love this musical. <laughs> we do. We both have watched this musical a million times because so it's on YouTube many times. for free. It's free. Go watch it. <laughs> like, I, I think this is definitely a musical that you and I both just like watch over and over again. Like, oh, I need something to watch. The guy who didn't yeah. like musicals or just like any of the Starkin musicals. To Literally. Be honest. I mean, you know how I am with Child of Oregon and Firebringers. So. Yes. <laughs> yes, exactly. It, it's it's one of my my three probably that I rotate through pretty 
pretty regularly. Mm-hmm. So, <laughs> yeah. But overall, I just love it so much. <laughs> it's so good. Like, I know while we were watching the musical, like you and I just like at every song, we were just kind of like, this song is so good. All yep. the music is just so brilliant. So amazing. Like literally every single song in this musical is pretty much just a bop. It is so fantastic. It's so good. Literally. So like, good. I just, I, I don't know what else to say. Like, I feel like repeating so good over and over again <laughs> is just like bleh. But yeah. That's literally how I feel. <laughs> exactly. I know. It's like uh, we, need some, we need some synonyms or something in here to like try to express how good the musical is, but it is so good. <laughs> there it is again. Exactly. <laughs> yes. <laughs> but yeah, so while we were watching this, like Colleen and I kept sending like gifts of like what was happening in the musical right then yes. and there. <laughs> I'm gonna be honest this is totally jumping around but my favorite was when you did the reference to um to the Moana and the the Lion (laughs) King because of the part where (laughs) Professor Higgins is like you gotta prove you're not zombies that was Okay, I remember watching that, that scene for the first time, and I was like, okay, this right here is the funniest thing in the entire musical. It's just, it's so it, even still, good. I'm like, it's so funny. Yeah. I'm like, quality. Well, it's quality. We'll get to it. But yes, that, that scene is the funniest thing. Yeah, it's amazing. But there's also like a ton of good gifts from this movie of yes. like Professor Higgins doing his dance numbers. Oh, especially and, him. Oh my especially gosh. There's him. so many of him. <laughs> mm-hmm. But yeah, there's there's just lots of good references. And I feel like people would enjoy it if they knew about this musical, you know? <laughs> right? But right. That's why we're doing an episode on it, because maybe people will learn about it. <laughs> exactly. But also that, because we're doing Black Friday. <laughs> that too. But also, you know, like, it's it's October. It's spooky month. Like It's a this, horror musical. It's a horror comedy musical, you know? Yeah. Like, everyone would enjoy it. I mean, it doesn't have to be during October, but we thought this was the perfect time to talk about it, you know? Yeah. It's, it's pretty fitting. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But yeah, I mean, we can just jump into it, I guess, if yeah. you'd like. Yeah, let's go ahead and do that. Cool. So I I feel like maybe we should just go, I guess, based off of like the songs. Yeah, we can do that. You want to yeah. do that? Okay. Yeah. yeah. Okay, cool. Because we can like talk about the in-between before we get to the next yeah. song and stuff. Exactly. Okay. Yeah. So the first song, the one that they start the musical with, is the guy who didn't like musicals because, you know, who needs a musical without a title number? Um, (laughs) But basically, like the synopsis said, it's a bunch of zombies singing to the audience about how there's this guy who doesn't like musicals and they're trying to, like, introduce Paul, basically, and um, he just doesn't show up. <laughs> yeah, because they have that one part where they're like, oh, you know, like, yeah, there's this guy who does like musicals, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. His name is Paul. Here he comes. You know, here he yep. is now. And they're just sitting there like pointing to where he's supposed to be. And they're just like, where the fuck is he? And and just, like, I don't like, fucking know. <laughs> exactly. It's so funny. And they're just like, all right, well, he doesn't like musicals. Exactly. So they just move on. <laughs> it's so funny. But I, I will say there was one part, God, I'm trying to remember the words, but there was one part in this song that like the uh, 
the that the lyrics i was just like okay that was unexpected and funny i'm trying to remember what the words were though i don't know uh i would tell you what the words are but i can't even find the lyrics oh it was like what a bitch what an ass what a oh yeah that was just so unexpected that was like that is hilarious (laughs) good times good times good times good times i think they're really good at the lyrics um i also just love the fact that jeff blim was in charge of the lyrics and music um he is kind of a god when it comes to this stuff so you know you guys you guys will very quickly find that karen loves jeff blim i have a very probably unhealthy obsession with him I mean, I I understand, though, because Jeff Blim (laughs) is fantastic. Like, I mean, okay, so here's the thing. We've talked about Jeff Blim before. We have. That's right. You know, we chatted about Twisted. He was in Twisted. Yeah, he played Aladdin. He played Aladdin. He played a a very good evil character. Um, (laughs) Yes. He's so good at evil characters. He's so good at everything. I mean, that too, but like specifically evil characters, I'm kind of like, this is good. This is good. Keep going. But yeah, no, no, no. He's good at everything he does. And he plays like so many different characters in this musical. (laughs) Oh, that's true. He does. If we're we're going based (laughs) off of the fact that he plays his normal characters and then he plays his zombified versions of those characters as well. But I think he already plays like three or four different normal characters. Yeah. Something like that. It's a lot. (laughs) But he's amazing. And, you know, I I will never stop talking about how amazing Jeff Lim is because he's just... (laughs) He's something else, guys. He really is, yeah. <sighs> I can't believe he's, like, not, like, in other productions. Maybe it's because they don't do similar things to Starkid, you know? Yeah, exactly. Starkid is, like, kind of... I, I don't know how to, like, explain it. It's, I guess, more, like, potentially accessible to, like, yeah. us. Because it's got more yes. of, like, a normal person vibe to it versus it being, like... Oh, he's in Phantom of the Opera on Broadway. Yeah. You know? I, I, God, I really want to say Starkhead has, like, Starkhead does have more of, like, a, like, a normal person kind of vibe, whatever, to it. It also has, like, a weird theater kid vibe to it. Yeah, it does. Like, that's, that's what I get from them is the weird theater kid vibe. Especially with all their references. (laughs) Yes, exactly. I love it. It's so good. It really, really is. But. That is, you know, we've introduced Paul. We get a, an image of him at work. He he works a boring desk job, just like most other adults, potentially. Yep. AKA I me. mean, Colleen does work a boring desk job. <laughs> I do not. I do. Yeah, you don't. I do. <laughs> but that doesn't mean <laughs> anything. You used to work a boring desk job. I did before so I got pushed out. Yeah. <laughs> That's another story for another time. Yeah, I know. <laughs> oh um, but we did we did work together. It's true, and that's how this podcast happened, anyway. So. That's true. That is how this podcast happened. You know, couldn't I mean? I guess we probably could have had this podcast without that job, but mm-hmm. I had to be bored enough to listen to other podcasts to realize what was missing. You know. Exactly. So. <laughs> I, I do want to point out, just for anyone who's like listening to us for the first time, Karen and I met in high school. Yes. So like we were already friends by the time we got our boring office job that we worked we together. Yeah. 
We had been friends for a while. Yep. I think by the time we started the podcast, we had been like Facebook friends for like 10 years or something. But Probably. Real, but like real friends for like nine years. Yeah. Yeah. Because we were Facebook friends before we ever really knew each other. Yeah. Oh, high school. <laughs> oh, high school. But that's okay. Anyway, back to the guy who didn't like musicals. Yes. So we can stay on track and yes. try to get this done in a timely manner. <laughs> but I'm trying to think. Okay, yeah. So Paul, he's at his office. He's working his, his, little, his little job. And his friend slash coworker Bill uh, is all like, hey, you should come see Mamma Mia with me and my daughter. And Paul's like, hell no, I would rather do anything else. <laughs> I, like, I love the fact that uh, that Paul is just honest about it. He's like, Bill, no. Yeah. <laughs> I don't like musicals. Because there's also, uh, it's not mentioned in the synopsis, but I think like at the very beginning, after like the er, the opening song ends, you see Paul, whatever, in his office, like some like secretary or whatever comes over and is like, hey, are you planning on joining the like softball league? And he's like, no. And she's like, oh, well, why not? And he's like, I don't want to. Yeah. And I'm like, yeah, you tell her. <laughs> yeah, he does say that. <laughs> like, you be honest about it. Like, yeah. I do love how honest he is about these things because, you know, like a lot of people would be like, oh, no, you know, I'm not really feeling it or, yeah, like, or like, oh, maybe next time, time. Yeah. or yeah, like all those different excuses. But he is just straight up like, no, that yeah. is not fun. I'm good. Thanks. That's not my exactly. idea of a good time. <laughs> exactly. Although, what is his idea of a good time? Do we even know? <laughs> we don't know. He, he like, I don't. I don't even know if he knows, to be well, honest. What does Paul even do yeah. when he's not at work? Does he just go and sleep? <laughs> I guess, yeah. He I mean, seems he, real he boring. Goes, he goes to work, he goes to the coffee shop, and he goes home. That's all he does. Yeah, you're right. He goes I, to beanies. Yeah, I just remembered something else that about the opening song, because I was like rewatching it a, a little okay. bit before we started recording. And, like, throughout the opening song, I think they're all kind of, like, uh, like, oh, yeah, the guy just, like, musicals, and, like, you hear, you hear Jeff Blim, like, occasionally being, like, what the fuck? And I'm, <laughs> yeah. like, you know what? Yeah, understood. What the fuck? Why don't you like musicals? But also, I think, uh, I think musicals are, I don't know if you feel this way, but I feel like, you know, like, musicals are seen as more of, like, something that women enjoy, and that's yeah. just... It's, it's one of those things where, uh, you know, like, in high school whatnot, if you were a guy and you were in choir, that was, like, uncool. That was kind of unheard yeah. of. Like, guys aren't in choir. And I feel the same about, like, musical theater. Like, I feel like a lot of the times, especially in high school, it's like, oh, you're a guy and you're doing musical theater? That's odd. But, That's like, a good I, point. Like, so, so just the whole thing about Jeff Blim occasionally being like, what the fuck? In that opening song, I was like, is that, like, a call-out to that? Or is that just random? I'm making, like, a weird connection there. Well, I don't know if I would say it's a weird connection. I like that connection. I think it's good, and I think it's <laughs> yeah. fitting. Um, unintentional is the word I meant. Not weird, but, but unintentional. Yeah, I would definitely say that it's probably unintentional. Um, I don't think they necessarily meant it that way, even though, like, it totally makes sense that way. Yeah. So... Yeah. I yeah. don't I don't know what else <laughs> I yeah. don't know how else to explain it, I guess. I do yeah. love that he is constantly saying, What the fuck? throughout the <laughs> whole intro. 
It's so I know. good. <laughs> I, I do also want to say, like, anyone can like musicals. Yep. And anyone can choose to not like musicals. Yeah. It doesn't really matter, you know? Nope. You don't have to like them if you don't want to. And you don't have to be a specific gender to like them. Nope. So. And... There are so many different types of musicals out there, so if you don't like one type, you might like another type. Like, just saying, Star Kid is not Broadway, okay? Yes. It is incredibly different, and if you don't love the Broadway aspect, you might like Star Kid. If you don't like Star Kid, you're probably more of a Broadway musical type person, that's totally fine. We're not going to judge you for it. I mean, well, maybe a little bit, but, you know, Starkid's <laughs> just amazing, so. <laughs> yeah. It's like, I, I understand that some people don't like Starkid. Yeah. But you're wrong. You're wrong. You are entitled to your you're, incorrect you're, opinion, but you're exactly. wrong. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Please understand that. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so back at the office, Paul has been asked to go to Mamma Mia by his co-worker and best friend, Bill. Uh, which we don't find out they're really, like, Bill's his best friend until later in the musical. But yeah. uh, but anyway, so Paul declines to go to Mamma Mia because he doesn't want to go. Uh, and at this point, uh, you know, Bill's kind of like, you know what? I'm trying to reconnect with my teenage daughter and you're not going to come see Mamma Mia with us? Like, what the fuck? And... Paul, to get out of this conversation, is like, you know what? I'm going to go to Beanie's. I'm going to go get coffee. Don't you want coffee? How about a nice caramel frap? Nothing better. And uh, and that's when, you know, like, the office asshole Ted pops up and is like, hey, you're going to Beanie's? You're going to get me something? Come on. Let's, like, get me something. Uh, and Paul leaves basically as soon as he can. Oh, Ted. <laughs> oh, Ted. I simultaneously love him and yes. hate him. Yes, that's what I was about <laughs> to say. I have such a love-hate relationship with him. Like, I just, he, like uh, he is an asshole. Yes. Like a grade-A asshole. However, Joey Richter is fantastic in the way that he portrays him. He is. Know? And Ted is at least an honest asshole. True. Not all assholes are honest, which is another reason I kind of love him. (laughs) (laughs) And I mean, like, even later in the musical, Ted is kind of like, oh, you know what? Like, I said I'd be a better person. I didn't say, or no, he said I was going to do better. I didn't say I was going to be a good person or something. I don't know. But it was, it's so funny. (laughs) Oh, no, he said, I I said I'd be a better person. I'm still not a good one. (laughs) Oh, that's it. That's it. I was like, I couldn't remember the words. Yeah. I was trying so hard to think of it. I was like, oh, yeah, this is it. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. But yeah, no, Ted, huge asshole, but he is playing very well. (laughs) Yes. Huge asshole, but we love him, right? Yes. (laughs) (laughs) That's horrible. You'll understand if you watch it, though. Okay. Yes. Please watch it. it. If you if you have not watched it yet, please watch it. Yes. Uh, but anyway, so Paul goes to Beanie's and uh, you see, you know, Emma working behind the counter. Some guy comes in and sees a sign on the counter that says, you know, tip for a song. He tips, you know, he puts a money in the tip jar. And it's kind of like, hey, I just tipped you. Why don't you sing something? And Emma's kind of like, well, did you do it to be nice or did you do it to be an asshole? And he eventually, you know, takes his tip back because he's like, well, you're a bitch. I'm going to go get my coffee elsewhere. Yes. <laughs> and then Paul is there and he's like, you know what? You know, barista, I just want a nice black coffee. And Barista's like, oh, okay, let me get on it. And that's when Paul puts a tip in the tip jar. And Emma's like, 
okay, what the fuck? Fine, I'll sing a song for you. And she starts singing, and Paul has to be like, no, 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 don't sing. I don't want that. I'm tipping because I want to. It's great. And they have their little moment where they're both like, oh, yeah, I don't really like musicals. And she's like, it's the stupid job. I have to sing when people tip, blah, blah, blah. It's supposed to be like a lot better for service or whatever. Yeah. But they also have that that moment where she's like, I don't have to split this with anyone, right? Cause it's like a whole yes. $5 tip or something. And he's like, no, yeah. no, that is all for you. <laughs> yeah, he's like, I don't care about those other assholes. Yeah. <laughs> Which I think is so funny because Paul, like, I don't know. Paul's not necessarily an unlikable person, but I guess he's not generally the type of person you would expect to, like, be this invested in someone else. Yeah. I'm not exactly sure what I'm trying to say. But, like, I think you know what I mean. (laughs) Yeah, no, I know what you mean. It's hard to put it into words. Yeah. (laughs) I don't don't know. Like, I just, I feel like, so Paul exists in his, like, own little world, right? Yes. And he enjoys his own little world. He enjoys his space. He enjoys being alone. However... On top of that, we see that he has a best friend. He likes Emma at Beanie's. He can tolerate, like, you know, Charlotte and Ted at work. Yeah. Um, So he's, like, not the worst people person, but he's also not the best people person. Yeah. Um, And so it's kind of, like, that weird, like, I guess, balance of him, I I don't know, being, like, I don't want to say antisocial because I don't think he's antisocial, but like kind of having some of those antisocial tendencies. Yeah, like he's not antisocial. He's just not social. Yes. Yeah. Like, like there, there is a difference. It, but he's not there. You know yeah. What I mean? he, like he's yeah. not actively trying to avoid people. Yeah. He's just, he just doesn't. He's just Paul. <laughs> he's just Paul. He doesn't talk to people, yeah. but he's not actively trying to avoid them. Yeah. You know? I think that's what it, that's what I was trying to say. Yes, correct. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so like he's not antisocial, but he's also not social. Yep that that thing. He's an interesting enigma. Um, he really of a is. Character. Yeah. But he's a, he's just interesting. I he guess. is. Yeah. He's, he's just Paul. <laughs> yep. <laughs> but um. But yeah, so Paul and Emma have their little like meeting and stuff uh i mean i guess they've kind of met before but this is their like first real time they've talked and yeah it's i would say it's funny because like it's very obvious that this is the first time paul and emma have talked yes but it's it's also very obvious that he comes to this coffee shop for emma yeah so it's it's one of those weird things where he just like saw a cute girl working at the at the coffee shop and decided that's his coffee shop. Yes, precisely. Which does that even happen very much now? I don't feel like don't, it does. Maybe not as much as it used to, but I'm sure it still happens. Yeah, that's a good point. I just I feel like we're at a point where like coffee shops and stuff like this little situation they always end up having a lot more employees than they used to um so the like normal employees that you see aren't 
always like there. So you can't always expect them to just be there when you show up. Yeah. So I guess that's why it's probably like harder to have that interaction with people at specific stores and coffee shops and such. Yeah. But anyway. <laughs> yeah, so Paul, he gets his, his coffee. We get to kind of see Emma's boss be kind of bitchy. Yeah. <laughs> Which is, oh, you know. And yes. there's that guy who, like, Emma keeps forgetting his hot chocolate. Yeah. <laughs> he keeps popping in like, I still haven't got my hot chocolate. Because his blood it, sugar I, is very low. <laughs> yeah. And it's, uh, on one hand, I'm like, Emma, how how do you keep forgetting his hot chocolate? Even right. though you keep saying, oh, I'll do that right now. I'll get right on it. But at the same time, I'm like, you know what? I have times like that at work where I'm like, oh, yeah, I'm going to do X, Y, Z. And then, like, three hours later, I'm like, oh, I forgot to do X, Y, and Z. Hmm. Yep. <laughs> I should do that now. Also, same. I have those situations, too. So... Yeah. I think that only proves we're human. <laughs> yes. Um, yes. But it is it is just really entertaining because especially like once he pops up while her boss is out there, mm-hmm. she gets real mad at Emma. She's like, mm, you can't be doing this. You can't be letting customers wait that long. Like, you gotta give them their stuff. <laughs> like it's that, but he also is kinda like, Oh, she wouldn't sing for this other yeah. guy and whatnot. Like he he's totally just like Put, like throwing her in front of the bus. Yeah, you know? he's straight up tattling on her. Like, are we five yep. over here? Apparently. <laughs> but uh, she gets told that either she sings or she gets fired. <laughs> so yes, she either sings or she loses her job. She's got to pick one. So she decides that she's going to sing. And, you know, we don't really see very much more from them until the next day. Mm-hmm. which we are basically at now, yeah? Kind of, yeah. I do want to point out, this yes. isn't this <laughs> isn't talked about in the synopsis we read, but after Paul leaves Beanie's, he runs into this Greenpeace girl oh who's, gosh, you know, yes. ch- yeah, who's trying to be like, oh, do you want to help save the planet? Do you want to help save the planet? Like, she's stopping whoever she can. And Paul ends up having a conversation with her, and he determines that she's very rude and... Uh, like their uh, kind of like argument gets stopped because like lightning flashes or whatever and like storms coming in they're kind of like whoa what's that mm-hmm. and that's when you get uh, like you kind of see like the next day like you start hearing a newscast being like oh you know like overnight a meteor crashed into the starlight theater and, yep. uh, and whatnot and then you see Paul uh, like getting ready for work and like as they're about to tell that story he turns off the TV and like walks out the door and he runs into the Greenpeace girl again. And that brings us back to our next uh, song called Lottie Da Da Day. Yes. <laughs> which I love this song. I love pretty much every song in this musical, but this one's done really well. It is. Yeah, it, it definitely is. Um, I love the fact that, you know, Paul, considering he decided not to listen to the meteor story is incredibly freaked out while he's walking to work yes um, because everyone is singing and dancing uh the same song and he's like uh is this planned like what is (laughs) this (laughs) yeah like like uh 
like, I think Greenpeace girl starts singing and then, you know, some other guy comes in. He's like, oh, is he with Greenpeace too? Yeah. It's, it's so funny. It's so good. But like, like just more and more people start joining in for the song. It's very true. And Paul keeps getting more and more freaked out about it, which I think is funny because this, you know, I mean, flash mobs happen. They're not as common as I think they used to be, but they still happen. And so it's just interesting because I, I mean, it doesn't really seem like Paul necessarily like knows about or has really ever seen like a flash mob type thing. And if it was me, I personally would have thought that that was a flash mob, you know? Yeah, exactly. But I think because Paul just, you know, just really hates musicals, hates any sort of like music kind of thing. He just steers away from that kind of thing. And of course, like in this like, day and age like online algorithms trying to show you what they think you're gonna like i'm sure nothing no facebook no youtube nothing is giving him musicals or flash mobs or anything like that you know yeah you're probably right about that so it's just interesting because you know the whole song goes it goes through they finish it you know um he's very very freaked out by this uh at this point and he heads into work and he starts kind of talking to his coworkers about what was going on. And <laughs> this isn't like super important, but I just love that when he's talking about it, Ted's like, what, like a flash mob? And Paul's like, I guess, you know, and he's like, well, did you get a video of it? And Paul's like, no. And and Ted tells him that he's useless. Yeah. Yeah. He's like, you're fucking useless, Paul. Yeah. I just, I think it's so funny because it really, it just kind of shows you like the tone of the musical and like mm-hmm. more of like who Ted is because you haven't really seen him very much yet. And I just love that he's like you can't do anything right paul (laughs) i just i don't know i just love it (laughs) i mean i i think like very early on they really do show you what the uh what the atmosphere is in the office between paul and his co-workers yeah i think it's done extremely well uh and you just see more and more of it as the musical goes on and it's like okay interesting i wonder what actually working with these people would be like (laughs) Right? I feel like it would be interesting. It would be, yeah. Especially with Charlotte. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Which, we should talk about Charlotte. We should talk, we didn't actually talk about Charlotte's whole thing at the beginning. Yeah. Because she gets a call from her husband, Sam, and he's like, oh, I'm going to be working late. Like, you you don't hear Sam, but you hear Charlotte's response to him. And she's like, oh, you're going to be working late, but how late? And, and she's like, well, sweetie, but it's cuddle night. You know, the therapist said we be- we should do it once a month or whatever. It, it's yeah. like, okay, so they're having issues. Clearly. <laughs> Clearly. And, you know, Charlotte's not doing well with it because after the phone call, she pulls out a cigarette and a lighter and Paul has to stop her and is kind of like, well, hey, no smoking in here. Uh, and she's like, oh, 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 sorry. Right. And she puts the cigarette and lighter away and pulls out, you know, a flask yeah, of she whatever she's drinking. drinking. <laughs> she just starts drinking. She's like, all right, I can't smoke, so I will drink at work. <laughs> it's always a good idea, guys. Always a good idea. So smart. <laughs> yep. But it's just like 
the further we get into the musical, the more it's like, why are Charlotte and Sam still married? Why are they still technically together, even though nothing is happening between them? Yeah, literally. Um, Because in this moment, in the scene that we're at right now, with um, right after Paul comes in from the like flash mob musical situation outside, he's talking about stuff. And then, you know, Charlotte starts talking about how her morning was kind of weird and how she like woke up to Sam like singing in the shower and she mentions that you know Sam when he sings he doesn't have like an amazing singing voice but he doesn't have like the worst one either but that this morning he sounded like an angel and she's like and it frightened me and (laughs) Paul's like okay and he's like Charlotte do you know like what he was singing and she's like, uh, I think it was like Lottie and Paul finishes it and they're both freaked out visibly. But before they could even chat about what they had just discovered right there, Paul gets called into his boss's office. Yes. <laughs> and so we just see Charlotte staring after Paul as he goes into the boss's office being like, what the heck? You know, because clearly Paul knew what she was talking about. No one else knew what they were talking about, but they were on the same page, at least a little bit with that song. Yes. And I just think it's so interesting. Just all these little details in this musical that you like not wouldn't necessarily notice on maybe your first time watching it or whatever, but you know, as you watch it over and over again, like we do, it just gets more noticeable, all the little things. Exactly. <laughs> Just like the the more you watch it, the more you have time to pay attention to other things because you know everything else so well. It's true. You know? Yeah. You already know the base storyline, so you have more opportunity to watch the little nuances and extra things that are yeah. just fun. Exactly. But Paul gets, you know, into his boss's office and uh, he's like, oh my gosh, I'm so sorry. Like... I swear my report that I didn't do is somewhere here in the office. And if you give me to the end of the day, I'll find it for you. You know, because that's what he assumes he's getting called into the office for. Yeah. (laughs) His his boss starts just singing a song, asking him (laughs) what he wants. It's called, what do you want, Paul? It's it's (laughs) so funny because, because you have Paul, you know, doing his whole thing about like, oh, you know, my report is probably sitting in someone else's printer tray right now. Um, and then his boss just goes, what do you want, Paul? And Paul's like, uh, what? <laughs> it's like, he just, his boss continues. And it's, you can just see Paul being like, what is happening? Oh yeah. no. Like he, he just keeps getting more and more freaked out. The more people sing to him <laughs> and, um, like, you know, he stays for a good amount of this song. And I was kind of impressed. I was like, I feel like yeah. Paul would have left sooner than he does. I mean, <laughs> it, I, like, I understand why he stays so long because it's like, oh, yeah, this is my boss. This is where I work. If yeah. I want to keep my job, I better stay here. But uh, but the song is so funny, so unexpected because his boss is trying to help hit, help Paul you know, find kind of, like, his purpose in life, essentially. Yeah. Like, kind of. Because he's just kind of like, oh, you know, like, how is anyone supposed to sympathize with you if they don't know what you want? 
Yeah. Um, and so Paul starts trying to give, you know, just random, random answers like, oh, you know, I want, I want money. Uh, I, I don't know. <laughs> it's just kind of like, okay, well, uh, and then we get to hear what his boss wants. Yes, we do. Which is a little bit TMI, you know, like that's something that yeah. maybe the boss should keep to himself and his wife. Yeah. It's not <laughs> usually something you try to just tell your employee. <laughs> it's so funny because because eventually it gets to the point where the boss is just kind of like you know what i want my wife to choke me out while i jerk off and it's like okay paul's like why am i here why am i here and and eventually the boss is like you know what melissa get my wife on the phone for me yeah and paul's like okay well this seems like a private moment he's like i'm just gonna go and he's like no paul stay right there he's like if you leave you're fired and paul's like uh fine uh, but yeah so so you hear you get to hear the boss's side of the phone call with his wife yes. which just gets sadder and sadder because the boss forgot what he was gonna tell his wife yeah yeah it actually is really sad because he <laughs> has just sung like a whole song about what he wants and then the second he gets on the phone with his wife he's like i i can't remember <laughs> what i like, was gonna say <laughs> he's like i forgot what it was yeah <laughs> And it's just, honestly, it's just another one of those moments where it shows how good of a, like, actor that Jeff Blim is. Because um, the boss is played by Jeff Blim, yes. Yes. This is Jeff Blim's second character in the musical so far. He played the mean guy who tipped yes. um, at the very beginning and then was an asshole and took his dollar back. Uh, yep. <laughs> so that's two characters so far. <laughs> We'll get further. Yeah. (laughs) But, okay, so I was right. There's at least four. Okay, anyway. (laughs) Mm -hmm. I was just kind of guessing when I said that. Yeah, no, there's there's at least four. It might only be four. It might only be four. It might only be four. four. (laughs) Yeah. But anyway, that happens. Paul gets real freaked out, you know, because the phone call happens. He hangs up and he keeps singing his song. And um, Paul just kind of, like, leaves. He, like, slips out of the office. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Paul goes back to what he had done the day before, which was just, hey, I'm going to go to Beanie's. Do you want anything? I'm going to go get you a nice caramel frap. Like, he just escapes. He runs. Beanie's Beanie's is his excuse for everything. Um. (laughs) I mean, he made a new friend in Emma, you know? Like, they bonded over their dislike of musicals. Yeah, the latte hotte. <laughs> <laughs> Which, right, I don't think we talked about that, but <laughs> the first time Paul goes to uh, to Beanie's and we meet Ted, when we meet Ted, you know, Ted's like, I know why you go to Beanie's instead of going to Starbucks. It's because of that latte hotte. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Except that it's not even the right barista. It's not the right one. <laughs> They're both thinking about two different ones. Yeah. It's so funny. Which is totally fine. (laughs) But yeah, so Paul goes to Beanie's. He walks in. There's no one at the counter at that point, you know. Uh, But you have a couple customers sitting in the the coffee shop. Paul goes up to the the counter and he's like, hello! Yeah. (laughs) I just want a nice cup of black coffee. And here comes Emma singing a song. (laughs) And Let he's like, no, coffee, I'm your coffee, I'm your coffee gal. gal. <laughs> yep. It's so good. And he 
freaks out. He's like, not you too, Emma. <laughs> He's like really worried because now everyone is singing. Yeah. And she's like, what? You're fine. And he's like, please stop singing. Yeah, and she's like, okay, 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 I'll stop. And she's like, oh, I remember you, Paul, the guy who doesn't like musicals. That's it. (laughs) But it is interesting because until she starts singing and breaks out of her song, you really do think that she's also on board with all of the the craziness that has been happening around Paul. So it's kind of refreshing in a way, to encounter another character who isn't just Paul's co-workers that isn't singing. Um, yes. Because that is that is another important detail is everyone Paul has encountered except for his co-workers up until this point have been singing. So, you know, that, that means Bill, Ted, and Charlotte haven't been singing and then now we have Emma. So that's only four people that he's encountered that aren't singing (laughs) correct yes which is kind of crazy considering the fact that most people in their day-to-day life don't go around singing the way that so many of these people in Hadgefield are yep but you know Emma Emma's like okay like I'll get you your black coffee whatever and Paul's like Emma like we need to we need to talk about something and he like tells her like everything that's been going on how weird it's been how everyone's singing how he thinks the whole world is turning into a musical and he's like think about the implications (laughs) and Emma's like uh, I think you're kind of crazy right now, so I'm gonna go yeah, start serving she, customers. <laughs> yeah, no, 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 because you know he's he's like think about the implications, and she's like, uh, okay, and he's like, are you frightened? And she's like, um, yeah. and then someone you know does a tip, and they have to do a whole tip song. So yes. Emma's like, oh, I gotta go, you know, like yeah. she, she she's able to get out of that conversation. <laughs> She's like, okay, you're really weird, Paul. <laughs> yeah, and so Emma and her coworkers do uh, their tip song called Cup of Roasted Coffee. Yes. And the they get to a point where the song is supposed to end, but Emma's coworkers keep going, and Emma's like, what the fuck? When did you guys learn this? Yeah, she's like freaking out a little bit. Yeah. And she's like, there's a whole new section? Like, what? Because there's a whole dance to it and everything as yeah. well. And she just, like, busted her ass all morning learning the one that they did. Yeah. But there's extra parts that she was like, when did you even learn this? (laughs) It just Mm -hmm. kind of reminded me of um, Firebringer, I'm not going to lie. Oh, yes, yes, (laughs) yes. When uh, Jamila is kind of like, when did you all learn this dance? Kiri, where was I? (laughs) Yep. (laughs) (laughs) You know, it's just just nice little references. I don't know if they did that one on purpose, but um, we love it anyway think so i feel like that part might have been more like ad-libbed than it yeah. than like scripted i could see that i could see that for sure yeah but anyway they're doing their song you know it starts turning a little sinister and mm. then they start speaking in unison her boss and her co-worker zoe they start like speaking about how um they've all had their coffee and soon their apotheosis will be upon them or whatever and emma's like what the heck you know and they all start coughing everyone who's like drank the coffee that was in the coffee shop starts coughing and so emma goes and looks in the coffee pot and she pulls out this blue goo and is like 
ew, like what the heck is in this coffee, you know? And that's when they start seeing the cup of poisoned coffee. And they want, you know, Paul to join them, of course. Of course. (laughs) But that's when Paul and Emma are like, let's get the fuck out of here. So they run. Yes. And this is when Emma's like, Paul, I didn't think about the implications. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Yes. But first they have to get to a hiding spot. And the funniest thing is that they're, you know, they're running and they're kind of like, oh, let's go through this alleyway. Oh, and yeah. then you see Paul and Emma going through the audience, like, down a row. And so, like, audience members are, like, standing up to let them pass and whatnot. And I, I think I think it's very clear that Paul probably uh, just chose a random aisle to go, or not aisle, but, you know, row to go down. Because Emma's yeah. like, Paul, there are a lot of dead ends around here, you know. And they get to the end and Paul's like, yeah, so this is a dead end. Let's go back. Yeah. Um, and then they get to, like, the middle aisle where there's just a whole bunch of nothing. And it's like, oh, look, you know, an, an opening. I don't know how I missed this. Yeah. It's funny. <laughs> it's much funnier if you watch it, I promise. It is. It is. You should definitely watch it. Because Emma also makes a, a comment about, like, whose idea was it to line an alleyway with a bunch of shrubs? <laughs> yes. Um, so, you know, audience members are shrubs now. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Yeah. But it's just funny. And the whole audience, like, clearly enjoyed it. I know I would have thought it was hilarious if I had actually Same. been there in person. I, so. I mean, I thought it was hilarious every single time I've watched it. Yeah, so. same. Same, <laughs> which is why it would be even better in person. <laughs> exactly. But yeah, so they make it to like a basically like a little grouping of trash cans in essence. Yeah. And this is this is obviously when Paul and Emma finally get to like have a little breather. They start like actually talking about it, and that's when Emma's like, "Oh my gosh, Paul! Like you were right. That's insane. I cannot imagine a world that's like this. We can't like do that. We can't deal with this, you know, because they both don't want the whole world to become a musical. And honestly, yeah. I don't know if I could live in a world that was a musical either. So I yeah, think no, I it would go crazy." Yeah, no, understood. It's like, on one hand, I'm kind of like, you know what, that might be interesting, but I don't know that I could actually do it. Yeah, exactly. It's one of those, like, you wouldn't know until it happened, but then once it happened, you can't really stop it. Exactly, yeah. So, is it worth it to do it and then hate it, or should you just keep living life normal? (laughs) I would probably choose normal. Honestly. Yeah, same. <laughs> like, I will just listen to musicals. Thank you very much. Or watch yep. them. I'll watch yep. and listen to them. But I don't need my life to be a musical. Literally same. Yeah. No no musicals here. Thank you. Yeah. Um, but they're there. They're chatting. And, you know, um, that's when... Is it Ted that pops out of the trash can? Yeah, first? it's Ted. Yeah. Ted pops out of the trash can first and Paul's like, oh my gosh, could you give me some warning next time? And, and Ted's like, well, I, I'm not really sure what I was supposed to do, you know? And <laughs> and then yeah. you hear a lot of banging and Paul like freaks out about that and Charlotte's like, I'm sorry, I was trying to warn you. <laughs> yeah, I tried to warn you. Because <laughs> she also is in a trash can. Yep. And yep. um. Ted's like, okay, well, you know, like, we're all here. This is our hiding spot. So, Paul, get in a trash can and you scram. He, like, tells Emma to leave. And 
Paul's like, what? No, Emma's not going anywhere. And Emma's like, fuck you, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Which, yeah, no, and, and Ted's like, I don't know her. Yeah. And Paul's like, yes, you do. She's the she's oh, yeah. barista from Beanie's, you know, the the latte hotte. <laughs> and Emma's and, like, what? <laughs> yeah, and Ted's like, Paul, that's not the latte hotte. That's the crabby one. <laughs> yeah. He's like, he's like, you the wrong the one. one, you noodle. <laughs> oh my gosh. It's so funny. But Emma joins the group ultimately because Paul's like, no, Emma's not going anywhere. And, um, you know, this is where we finally get to like see that Ted has finally encountered what Paul was talking about, how like everyone's singing. And, you know, they were talking about how people kept going into their boss's office and they kept coming out singing and they all were like, nope. And so they just left. (laughs) They were like, we're not doing that. They were like, Um, see ya. (laughs) Wouldn't want to be ya. (laughs) Exactly. Like, I just love that Bill, Charlotte and Ted were the three who were like, yeah, we're good. (laughs) Yeah. And they just dipped. I think the four of them together, you know, Paul, Bill, Charlotte, and Ted, I think they have just, like, a good group dynamic going in some way, shape, or form that, like, they all four of them probably just understand each other in some way. I don't know about Ted, but Ted's there. (laughs) So, like, they they just, they get it, you know? Yeah, I mean, yeah, on some level, they get it. On some level, you know? I don't know what to say about Ted. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I know. I'm like, Ted's just there. I don't know if he's really part of the group, but he's there. I want to say he is. Yeah, in some way he is. Like, maybe they just tolerate him being an asshole. Yeah, I think that's probably what it is. Like, maybe they've known him long enough that they're just like, whatever, Ted. Yeah, exactly. But I don't know. Which I think is also part of the reason why Ted is kind of like, hey, you going to Beanie's? Like, why don't you bring me something? Yeah. (laughs) But we also find out that Charlotte, you know, because of everything that's going on, she has called her husband, Sam, you know, to see if he can come and help them, which we'll find out was not a great idea when he shows up. (laughs) Uh, But also it just didn't sound like a great idea in the first place because of the problems Charlotte and Sam are having. So it's kind of like, you know, like why are you calling your husband that you're like not even on good terms with to come help us? Like, is he actually going to help us? You know? Right. Yeah. In my head, that was one of my big questions. I was like, is he like actually going to show up and really like give a fuck or is he just going to be like, no, Charlotte, no, you know? Right, Because that's yeah. just kind of how it feels like he is to anything that she says in the first place. Yeah. Um, Just based off of that phone call we had between them at the beginning. So it's kind of like, yeah, you know, maybe Sam will show up. Maybe he won't. He shows up, but uh, he's singing. And this is character number three for Jeff Blim. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Um, and so he's a singing police officer with his little, little group of other cops and, and they, they sing their little song, show me your hands. Such a good song. It it is. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, it's a, it's definitely a good one, but they, they start basically attacking Paul and his friends and all that. And, um, so they kind of have to fight back a little bit. I think, isn't it Ted who hits Sam over the head? Yes. Yeah. So 
Um, eventually, Ted does hit Sam. And somehow that opens his head. I'm not exactly sure how much force Ted has. But, you know, I, he's apparently very strong. <laughs> I don't think it... Oh, well, maybe... I don't know. Because, I yeah, understood. I don't <laughs> think that that would open his head. But I'm thinking maybe his head was already open. Oh. I never contemplated that idea before. I didn't contemplate it until just now, so... <laughs> I thought his head always just opened right then. Right, I know, yeah, but, the, huh. like, the more I think about it, you know, like, Sam is wearing a hat. He is like wearing a Like a police hat. hat. So maybe his head was already open, and huh. uh, Ted just happened to, you know, hit him over the head, knock him out, the hat comes off, and you're like, ah, oh, I can see his brain! Yeah. Because that's, that's what's going on. We can see his brain now. <laughs> yeah, and it's blue. It's very bright blue. Yes. That's a good point. That's probably what it is, right? His head's probably Probably, yeah. Open. Otherwise, I don't know how how Ted hitting Sam over the head with a trash can lid yeah. is gonna just, you know, cut open his head. Right? <laughs> Take the That's top off thinking. of it. Unless it was like a really sharp trash can lid, I guess. I mean, Ted would have to be extremely strong and extremely fast to just... That too. You know, just cut his head off. scalp him like that. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so I my best assumption is the fact that Sam probably already had the top of his head cut off somehow in some yeah. way. I think you're probably right about that. Although now that I have more questions about this. <laughs> yeah, well, we need to not. <laughs> I'm not going to. This is already a long episode. We're we not have even too done. Many questions. With Act one. Yeah. No, we're not. We're good. I'm not. We're not even asking questions in this. We're just talking about what's going on, how much we love it. We ask too many questions about everything else, though. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> That's our problem. <laughs> yeah. Um, but anyway, they, you know, they see that Sam's brain is blue and all that. And so they're like, well, shit. And Emma's like, I mean, you know, we can't take him downtown because that's where everyone is singing and possessed and stuff. So she's like, um, I have this like reclusive uh, professor that we could take him to. I mean, he's he's like a, a doctor. Kind of. <laughs> yeah, he has and, a doctorate. That's yeah. kind of like a doctor, which, like, technically he is a doctor, but not necessarily the ki- the right kind of doctor. Nope, not the one you would need to save Sam. Exactly. But they, they put Sam into the, the police car, and they head out to Professor Higgins' house. Yeah. Uh, before, before they leave and go to Professor Higgins' house, I, I just want to point out that there's a part where, you know, uh, Sam's unconscious on the ground. They're kind of like, oh my god, look at his brain, whatever. And there's some part, for whatever reason, I don't remember why, but, you know, Charlotte is kind of like, oh, maybe we should go to a church. And Ted's like, no, no, oh, yeah. no. You know, I'm a Presbyterian. I'm not going to die in your stinky-ass Methodist church. Yeah. <laughs> it's just really funny. It's just the small line. And I'm like, that is so funny. Just these just little, like, little it's, things. <laughs> it's like, we're all from different denominations. We're not doing this. Yeah a bad idea to go to church <laughs> yeah but anyways they, they do go to see professor higgins which is also hilarious because wow professor higgins just what a character he because, is a character <laughs> because they get there and you know uh they they like ring the doorbell knock on the door whatever and he's like who is it and emma's like professor higgins and he's like no i'm professor higgins <laughs> yes <laughs> 
And Emma's like, no, it's Emma. <laughs> yeah. And he's which, like, oh. <laughs> which, when we were watching this the other night, I was like, why does Emma respond to who is it with Professor Higgins? Why couldn't she just say, hey, it's Emma? Yeah, I'm not sure. <laughs> yeah, I, I have no idea. <laughs> but he lets them in, you know, and he you know, starts kind of talking to them about, like, what's going on. They kind of tell him, like, what they encountered and stuff. And and then they're like, also, we brought, you know, him. He needs help. And he's like, you brought one of them with you? He is so ready to just shoot Sam in the head. He's yep. like, we're, we're killing him. He has to die. Yeah. And, you know, Charlotte, of course, is like, no, no, no. We, we can't. We can't do that to, to Sam. I love him. And yeah. so they just tie him up instead. Um, like handcuff him to the chair or whatever and he's still knocked out for like all of this which I think is funny because if he's like a zombie wouldn't he just be able to just wake up that's what I was just thinking I was like you know what even if they did shoot Sam what I feel like he would still be able to come back in some way yeah I agree but because I I have have more comments about that at the end but (laughs) not necessarily about Sam but about the whole coming back as a singing zombie yeah yeah. Okay. Sounds good. We'll we'll get to them for sure. We'll get there. We'll get there. <laughs> but um But yeah, so they they chat a little bit, you know, they figure out that Professor Higgins has like a full bar or whatever in his yeah. his house. So uh most of them head off to that bar. We've got Ted and Charlotte still keeping <laughs> Sam company, basically. That was so funny. Because, <laughs> you know, like, everyone else leaves, but it's Ted and Charlotte. Um, and Sam's, you know, unconscious, tied to a chair. And I, we know this already, but Ted and Charlotte are having an affair. Yes. And so, you know, there's this whole part where Ted's kind of like, you know what? If I'm going to go out, I'm going to go out doing the thing I love. <laughs> screwing around with another man's wife yep <laughs> and charlotte's all just like oh you know like my husband's brain fell out today what kind of wife would i be if we did this and ted's like Ted, ted's like you know what i'm done this is it yeah. we're done i i can't do this <laughs> he's like i don't know charlotte i'm not your therapist <laughs> exactly <laughs> and he just like yells at her he's like you gotta figure out what you want and he's like you could stick with him a, a guy who doesn't even give a shit about you, or you could upgrade from a scumbag to a sleaze ball or whatever. Yep. Yep. And he's talking about himself, obviously. Obviously. <laughs> I just think it's funny because it's clear that Ted definitely cares about Charlotte. Yeah. And yeah. Charlotte's the one kind of like teetering between Sam and Ted because she's like, oh, I love Sam, but I, I really like spending time with Ted because I get all of the attention that I want, you know? Yeah. I, so, I think like, I think Ted sees that she should just call it off with Sam, you know, yeah. they should get divorced. I think Ted's no dummy. He might be an asshole, but he's no dummy. But he's no <laughs> dummy. Yeah. Uh, and so it's just like, Ted's kind of like, okay, all right, you know what? Just you you figure yourself out. I'm going to go hit on that, like, crabby barista, whatever. Yeah. You know, he, he leaves. He throws Charlotte the keys to the handcuffs. Oh, right, yeah. And then leaves. And it's like, That's right. why, why would you give Charlotte, who seems relatively <laughs> uh, emotionally unstable right now, 
the keys to her like zombified husband's handcuffs. <laughs> yes. That's a great idea. <laughs> Fantastic idea. Go very, for very it. Very intelligent, Ted. Good job. Claps for you, buddy. But we get so, you know, Charlotte's kind of having her little moment where she's like, I love Sam. I want him to come back. And she like starts praying. Mm-hmm. Um, asking yeah. for Sam to to, to wake know, up, <laughs> wake up, and and be okay, and he does wake up, <laughs> and so she's like, "What?" <laughs> she, you know, thinks that God brought him back, which we all know he's a zombie, so that did not happen uh, the way she's thinking, but it's fine, obviously. <laughs> and in this moment, you know, Sam is trying to convince Charlotte to. Uh, untie her you know untie him you know Mm -hmm. and she's like oh I can't um you're not well like it's so dangerous and stuff and so then Sam resorts to singing uh you tied up my heart Uh to convince (laughs) her how much he like loves her and wants to put effort in and stuff. Yeah. Um, which we know he doesn't give a shit. So No, not at all. <laughs> However, I do think that this this uh uh for lack of a better word, virus or whatever that is infecting all these people, making them zombies, I think it does change people on yeah. some level. Uh, because obviously they're just trying to convince everyone that, hey, you want to be like us. Yeah. So he's saying whatever he can to, like, convince her to untie him so that he can turn her into one of them. But she doesn't yep. know that part. No, she has no clue about that part. But, I mean, I love this song. I think it's really fun. Um, <laughs> I think Jeff did a wonderful job with it. He did. He did. I mean, like... It's it's so good too because you know you you get the whole he's trying really hard to convince her and it's not working so he's suddenly like oh no I'm fading fast I'm dying yeah and, he, and so like he pretends to die and Charlotte's like oh no what have I done and so she unties him and then suddenly he's like I'm alive yeah <laughs> it's so funny he's like it's a miracle. And um, and Charlotte is totally just taken by him. She's like, oh, Sam, yeah. you're alive. She's like, yay. And he's like, yay. And he's like, you know, I'm going to wake you up, too, or make you alive, too, or whatever. Yeah. And he uh, just rips her guts out. Yep. Good times. And the, the funny thing here is that when we were watching this the other night, it was me, Karen, and uh, our friend Zylo, who was yes. watching it with us, he had never seen this musical before. Um, Charlotte wears a cat sweater, or really just a sweater with a picture of a cat on the front. Yeah. Uh, Zylo loves cats. And so whenever Sam pulls out Charlotte's guts, he basically just like destroys the cat on the front. And Zylo was like, not the cat sweater. <laughs> Literally. I was like, oh, forgot to warn you about that. <laughs> Yeah, not the cat sweater, guys. Not the cat sweater, <laughs> no. Oh my gosh, but um, it's just it's such a great scene. Honestly, I mm-hmm. just love that song so much. 
Um, but anyway, he rips her guts out and then they go off stage. And yes. we go to where Emma and Paul are. And they're having a little chat with their alcohol near Bill and Ted while Bill and Ted are, like, fighting. Um, mm-hmm. They're an interesting pair. But um, <laughs> <laughs> this is when Paul finds out that Emma was in, you know, Brigadoon. And yeah. how he was like, oh, my gosh, like, you did that in this year. And she's like, yeah. And he's like, I think I had to go see that. Like, I think that they bust my school over to see yours because we didn't have a theater department or whatever. And she's like, oh, my gosh. And he's like, I think you're the reason I don't like musicals. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I just think it's really and, funny. And and Emma's like, oh, so I'm, I'm like the villain in your origin story or whatever yeah. it is. <laughs> it's like, that's so funny. It is. Yeah. <laughs> and they're, they're, they're essentially just kind of just, you know, just chatting, kind of having like a like a little like life talk or at least Emma's having this talk. Paul's really just listening because she's talking about how, you know, like, you know, Emma's sister was, you know, top of her class. She was perfect. She was absolutely just perfect in everything she did. And so Emma was like, you know what? Fuck up. (laughs) Yeah. She was like, that gave me a chance to be the family screw up the family fuck up. I can do kind of whatever I want. Yeah. Um, And then she reveals that, you know, her sister was always inviting her to go do things, you know, family vacations, whatever. And Emma was always like, oh, you know, I'll catch the next one. I'll catch the next one. Uh, And then she got the invitation for her sister's funeral. And she was like, oh, I guess there's not really going to be a next one. Yeah. And so, you know, she's talking about, I think, uh, was like to honor her sister's memory or something like she's going to start a pot farm. Yeah. Uh, She's going to try and turn her life around a little bit. Yeah, yeah, that's what it was. That's what it was. She's going to turn her life around uh, since she no longer can be the family fuck up. Yes. But in Emma style. In Emma style. Yes, it has to be in Emma style because she cannot be her sister. Yeah, no, she definitely can't. Because her sister lived out of a binder from what we learn. Is she had a Lisa yeah. Frank binder that she had like all of her like life goals in basically. And Emma swears that she lived by that binder and did everything that was in it. Which like, exactly. cool. If you want to have your life organized like that, power to you. I know I could never if, do that. If you manage to do that, that's impressive. Holy shit. <laughs> That's very like, impressive. It, it wouldn't have happened for me. Had I planned out my life when I was like a teenager or something, I would have failed everything by now. Oh yeah, same. Like, would not have happened. No. But. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so, so Paul and Emma have had their conversation. They're still having their conversation. Uh, they determined that Emma is the reason Paul doesn't like musicals, which. Yes. I'm sure it's not just Emma who is the reason no. he doesn't, but she was there, so obviously yeah. it's her I mean, fault. Yeah. She played Bonnie Jean. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And then, uh, you know, all of a sudden, guess who shows up? Charlotte and Sam, who are no both way. musical singing zombies. <laughs> oh my goodness. I love this song. Yes. Join song, us and die. <laughs> join us and die. It is so good. It's amazing. <laughs> yeah. And they just come in, they're singing, they're doing their thing. They're they essentially just like bully Ted for a moment at one point. Yeah, they do. They uh, really do. <laughs> yep. Uh and I think it's so funny because like Charlotte is, you know, like the lead the lead of the song. She's the one really singing the song and uh Sam is really just backup vocals. But as soon as he gets a chance to be the lead, 
Professor Hitchens comes in and just shoots him in the head. He is it's dead. True. Yeah. Straight up <laughs> and, dead. Yep. And then she, and then Professor Hitchens shoots Charlotte in the head and she is dead. Yeah. And it's really funny because they're like, Professor Hitchens, you just shot or you just killed Charlotte. And he's like, I killed a charlatan. <laughs> yeah. And the joke is wasted on all of them. It is. It's such a cheesy joke, but it's I love it. It's such a cheesy <laughs> joke, but it's so good. <laughs> um, but he, he does continue on to explain, you know, like, as soon as um, she, I guess, basically, like, got left alone with Sam or whatever and, like, freed him, uh, she was no longer Charlotte. Just like Sam was no longer Sam. Yeah. And so obviously when they show up, they're not who they look like. They are just zombies. Zombie versions of themselves. Yeah. Um, which is why he had no problem killing them. Which, yep. It's like as soon, as soon as a note came out of their mouths, they were gone. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. As soon as they're they started gone. singing, that's what it was. Yeah. And um, so, you know, like they're all just kind of like in shock about all of this and I can't remember. Is there anything in between that happening and then Bill getting his phone call? Yes. Okay. Uh, we have Professor Higgins going, okay, so any number of you oh, could right. also be infected. That's right. This part. <laughs> yeah. This part, which we were talking about before the episode. We were. Yeah. We before were. we started recording. Uh, and uh, and so Professor Higgins is like, I want all of you to sing 16 bars. And they're all like, What? <laughs> <laughs> and he's like, sing the beginning of Moana. And they're all like, yes. Moana, make way, make way. <laughs> and then you have Ted, who apparently just doesn't know Moana. Because by the time. He knows the circle of life. <laughs> he knows the circle of life. Because by the end of them singing, he's just like, it's the circle of life. <laughs> and Emma turns to him and is like, that's not it. That's, yeah. that's not it. Yeah. But. Pro- oh, go ahead. Oh, I was going to say, Professor Hitchens is like, all right, well, that was the worst thing I've ever heard, so you're all good. Yeah, exactly. That's that's what I was going to say. <laughs> okay. You know, he's, like, perfect. Y'all suck, so I'm okay. I'm safe. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> you are all safe. <laughs> you are all bad at musical theater. Good to know. <laughs> yep. <laughs> but, um, so they're all happy, you know, that Professor Higgins isn't going to kill him. <laughs> yes. Because that would be a scary situation to be in, you know, thinking that your teacher slash person who's, like, protecting you from the zombies was maybe also going to kill you. <laughs> yeah. Also known as, what, the king in Ted's eyes? Yeah. Yes, Ted calls him a king. <laughs> yep. Yeah. But anyway, so then, you know, we have that, that moment where Bill does get a phone call. Um, mm-hmm. And we find out it's from his daughter and that she is trapped at the school in yes. Hatchetfield. And Bill's like, I'm going to go save her. And Ted's like, no, Bill, you already know that she's dead. You know, he's like, yeah. there's no way you're going to get to her and she'll still be like Herself. your daughter, you know. Yeah. And Paul's like, well, I'm going to go help Bill. We're going to go get Alice. And <laughs> I, I, I'm not going to lie. I am on Ted's side with this one. There's no fucking <laughs> uh-huh. way they're going to get to Alice in time for her to not be a zombie. Oh, no, not at all. But if they didn't do it, then what would happen with the rest of the story? 
also true. <laughs> they need something to move the plot along, so they there they go. So they head off to the school to go save Alice. <laughs> and that is the end of Act 1. Yes. And on to Act 2. <laughs> Woo! <laughs> but anyway, they get to the high school, you know, and Bill is, like, shouting for Alice, and Paul's like, yeah. stop! <laughs> yeah, like, why are you shouting? Because... Because uh, I think it's uh, what, like at the end of Act One when we had when he had that phone call, he's like, "Oh, she's trapped in the choir room," and I'm like, "Okay, go to the choir room. Right. Why are you shouting for her?" Like, I can understand if you don't know where the choir room is, but go quietly look for it. Yeah, it's usually pretty easy to find. It usually says choir outside. Exactly. The door. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. There, I feel like there's usually signs, you know, just like choir this way. There's also usually only one choir room, you know. Exactly. <laughs> I feel like there's a, there's usually some indication, you know. Yeah. <laughs> but they they do get there, and Bill's legit shouting, and Paul's like, "Dude, you're literally gonna attract every zombie to us before we can even get to Alice. So, mm-hmm. <laughs> like, let's not. Don't you want to be alive when you find your daughter? <laughs> right. Yeah. Um. So Bill kind of like calms down a little bit after that, and um. They eventually do find Alice, but as we all knew was going to be the case, Alice is officially a zombie. Yay! <laughs> and, you and know... she has a really good song. She does have a really damn good <laughs> song right here. Yes, um, so good. It's called Not Your Seed. Not Your Seed, yep, yep, yep. But she, she also tells Bill everything he did wrong, you know? like Yes. She goes on this whole, like, monologue moment and then kind of starts just, like, singing her song and just explaining, essentially, that she wished that he had fought for her when like him and his wife got a divorce and like that she had wanted to live with him but he just didn't fight for her and all that stuff like everything you know she tells him everything that he probably should have heard like way before this she also (laughs) tells him that deb who was her girlfriend in the musical uh had slept over while she was at her mom's (laughs) yeah and bill was not happy when he heard that but it's also kind of like at this point does it matter she's kind of a zombie so like why are we getting upset about this (laughs) but um but yeah so we have that that moment we have we have this song the song is amazing Mm -hmm. but bill gets real upset rightfully so you know he just heard all of this bad news about his daughter and like how disappointed she was in him and stuff like that and he you know he wants to kill himself because mm-hmm. because he's basically like you know I, from what we can tell alice was really all he was kind of living for at this point yes yeah uh so it's like well if alice is gone I have no reason to be here. Exactly. Yeah. He's like, what What reason is there to keep going on if I don't even have, like, my daughter, you know? And so he tries to kill himself. And uh, Paul's like, nope, you can't do that. And he knocks the gun out of Bill's hands. Mm-hmm. 
it just happens to slide really close to the zombies. <gasps> Whoa, I wonder what's going to happen. <laughs> Couldn't possibly be anything bad, right? No, <laughs> never. <laughs> but anyway, Paul keeps talking to Bill. He's like, no, 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 Bill, you're going to be fine. You're going to calm down. You're my best friend. We're going to work through this. We'll figure it out. You know, while he's having his little moment trying to convince Bill of this, we watch the zombies all lean over uh, to pick up the gun. <laughs> yeah. And they do. And the one that is supposed to be Alice aims it and shoots Bill. And he just dies. Yep. And Paul's like, oh my gosh. You know? And then she, you know, like they start like. Try is this the part where they're trying to speak in unison? I think so, yeah, because it's now Alice, her girlfriend Deb, and some yeah. other random chick. Yeah. And, you know, they're just kind of like, we just keep running into you, don't yeah. we, Paul, or something. Yeah, that's right. Which I, I think it's interesting and kind of strange that the zombie, like, hive mind is, like, really after Paul. Yeah, they're, like, obsessed. Like, they are. It's weird. <laughs> it's is it because so they know that he doesn't like musicals? Or I think what? so. I think so. I mean, we're also only seeing this from, like, not necessarily from Paul's perspective, but it is Paul's story. Yeah. So it's, like, whatever we're seeing all has to do with him. Yeah. You know? Yeah, that's a good so point. It's, it's very similar it's, to how, like, Harry Potter's portrayed and stuff like that. So. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So I think it's possible that the hive mind might be doing the same kind of thing to other people. But since we only know Paul and we only see Paul, we only see Paul's whatever's happening with him. Yeah. You know, his point point of view. Yes. (laughs) But yeah, so they're, you know, trying to speak in unison. They're advancing on Paul. And right as they're like basically about to attack Paul, that's when... The army shows up. <laughs> I love the entrance. It's I so funny. Also love the entrance. But they do show up, they <laughs> you know, scare the zombies away, and they immediately knock out Paul. <laughs> yeah, no, but but the entrance is, you know, it, it, some some army guy coming in. Does he shoot one of them or does do they just come uh, in and I can't remember. I think they just come in. They, okay, I think so too. But they just come in. You hear Joey Richter, who plays Ted. Uh, you hear Joey Richter as one of the army guys come in and be like, get down the ground, we're in the army. Yeah. <laughs> it's just, it's so funny for some reason. But for whatever reason, just in my mind, I think because he plays Ted, all I can imagine is Ted pretending to be the army. <laughs> oh my gosh, good point. <laughs> I, I think, think it's the voice that. he uses, to be honest. Yeah, I think so, too. <laughs> That's funny. Yeah. But, um, but yeah, so Paul gets knocked out. And, you know, we're not really sure what happens with Paul. Because the next thing we see is um, it's Higgins chatting with Emma. Yeah. Um, and he's, he's, he's working through the alien situation. He's trying to, he's kind of figuring it out and Emma's helping him figure it out. Um, they're just discussing like what this could mean, like what exactly could be happening and all that. And this is when 
Pigeons realizes he he realizes that the hive is communicating through music, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and then he's like, "Can you imagine like what a world would be if like this actually did take over the whole world? Like they would achieve world peace." And he's like, "That's amazing." <laughs> but he yep. doesn't outright say it yet <laughs> because yeah. he's like, oh my gosh, Emma. And Emma's like, okay, but yeah, we have to stop it. You know, we don't want that. <laughs> yeah. Uh, we don't want it to take over the whole world. You know, we don't want the whole world to be a musical. And she's like, so, like, what would we do to stop it? And he's like, um, I mean, it's like a hive mind situation. She's like, okay, so, like, if we go and blow up, like, the meteor, would that kill it? And he's like, yeah, that probably would work. <laughs> um, and he, she's like, okay, cool. Like, we gotta, we gotta make sure everyone knows, like, what we have to do now. And he's like, yeah, except that you're not gonna go tell anyone about that. And then he knocks her out with some kind of chemical. <laughs> Yeah, I'm not like really sure what it is something. he puts in her, but yeah, yeah, she yeah, passes he just, out. <laughs> yeah, he he brings out a syringe and just like injects her with whatever. And I was just remembering, I think there's some bloopers from like a live stream of the musical back when they were doing it, and they were selling like tickets, digital tickets for the live streams or whatever. Okay. And I think there's some blooper where uh, what's his name who played Professor Hitchens forgot to grab the syringe and so you see him pull nothing out of his pocket and it's like well (laughs) I forgot that props so we'll just go with it that's funny Uh, Robert Mannion that's it that's his name yep Yep. I I knew like part of his name started with an M but I could not for the life of me remember his first name that's okay. I wasn't gonna know his name. I went. And oh, you know what? I have I have the cast list pulled yep. up. I yep. wasn't even looking. That's okay. I went and looked at the cast for you. I got you. It's literally <laughs> on my screen. <laughs> I didn't even have to scroll. It was right there. Yeah, it's, it's you know it's a good time. Uh, <laughs> oh my god. Oh well, whatever. But anyway, you know they they have essentially we we know now how to stop the zombies and Professor Higgins is clearly trying not to stop the zombies. Yeah. Uh, considering he just sedated Emma for why? You know, we'll find out. Don't worry. We'll find out. Yeah. <laughs> but um, we switched back to Paul now because, you know, he's been knocked out for a good while. He uh, he wakes up and he's greeted by General McNamara, who is Jeff Blim number four. Um, <laughs> and he essentially is like, hey, you know, like I work with peep um which is the let's see it's a secret organization that investigates paranormal interdimensional and extraterrestrial phenomena yeah that thing we call Uh, it peep (laughs) that thing (laughs) but um he's like so paul you know like i'm supposed to kill people and like make sure that this doesn't get out but i've got kind of a soft little heart here you know for love so (laughs) I mean, did we even figure out why General McNamara didn't kill Paul? Because he's like, yeah, I was supposed to shoot everyone who was there. No, But I decided not to shoot you. (laughs) Um, Yeah, we never figured out why. Okay. But (laughs) he just had a sense that Paul was, like, in love with Emma. No, he didn't. (laughs) I know. Because... (laughs) Because he's, because, 
I'm trying to remember. Oh, because he's trying to make a decision on if he should rescue Paul or not, I think. Yeah. And so he's like, so what do you have to live for? Like, is there someone out there for you? And Paul's like, well, there is one person. It's like, is it worth it? And he's like, well, I hope so. It's like, but is it worth it? And it's like, yeah. yes. He's like, all right, <laughs> sure, fine. Uh, synchronize your timepiece with mine. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> is that an iPhone? Oh, yeah, it's a success. And General McNamara takes the phone, throws it, and he's like, wear a watch. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Colleen, it's uh, funny. Definitely quoted that <laughs> in our in our chat. <laughs> it's so the way he says it, the, this whole scene is so Wear good. a watch. <laughs> wear a watch. But also, you know, uh because he, he's like, okay, Paul, you know, it's worth it. Here, ha- take my watch. And also, uh, you know. Uh, he like pulls out his gun and points it at Paul and Paul's like, what's happening? And general McNamara is like, I'm authorizing you to use my firearm. And like, yeah. It it's it's so kind of like, don't you need your firearm? McNamara? Right. Like, what are you doing? Like, aren't you supposed to be killing zombies? Right. Okay. <laughs> Weird. But he tells him exactly where the rescue helicopter will be. Um, he says, you know, get Emma if you can. If not, be at the helicopter at this time if you want to get out of here. And, you know, he gives him his gun and he sends him on his way. Yep. He's like, okay, bye. <laughs> bye. And so now Paul has McNamara's gun, which, like, I still I still don't understand why that was a good idea, but whatever. Um, it's fine. I, I mean, why is General McNamara even saving Paul? I mean, that too. He should be killing everyone. <laughs> he should be killing everyone, yeah. <laughs> no survivors. Come on. You don't want what's in Hatchetfield getting out, but whatever. Yep. We switch scenes again, you know, and we get to see Emma tied up with Ted. And, you know, Higgins is there, <laughs> of course. Yep. <laughs> and he is like, hey, guys. <laughs> So let's let's chat a little bit, you know. <laughs> He's like, yep. these these zombies are drawn to music, so I'm gonna I'm gonna turn off all of our defenses, and I'm basically going to call them to the house. I'm gonna yeah. play a song. <laughs> Before he even like starts playing a song or anything, though, you know, he's talking to Alexa. Yes. You know, the Amazon Alexa. And he's like, you know, we have this wonderful device. Because he, he mentioned it earlier when the whole group originally came to his house, I he think. Did. Uh, yeah. But he's talking about here now. And he's kind of like, you know what? Like, it's, it's time. We can't defeat them. Whatever. Uh, and so at one point, he's kind of like, Alexa. You know, like, you've always been here for me and whatever amount of time I've had you. Oh, yeah. Alexa, initiate self-destruct. Yeah. He wants to say um, his goodbyes. <laughs> I don't think I can do that, Professor. <laughs> no, it's, no. It's 2018 and it can't even blow itself up? <laughs> what kind of piece of shit is this? <laughs> well, especially after he was talking about how science fiction is now science fact. Yes, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> So he's just like I, I don't know why he thought Alexa could do that, but uh, yeah, I don't I know don't, either. I don't know either, but That's so funny. Weird. Why would you even? Why would you even want it to do that? Right? I That's know. Yeah. Dangerous. Like, why would you put that in a home? That's so dangerous. Because, like, I mean, <laughs> you have 
stupid kids and stupid teenagers and yep. sometimes technology just in general is stupid. Yeah. And you might hear technology or you might have someone say to technology, you know, Alexa, self-destruct <laughs> or initiate self-destruct or something. Or it might be, you know, set on a TV show or a movie or something. And Alexa yep. might hear it and go, okay. Yeah. Like, you do not want that in a home. No, no, you do not. Yeah, it's, I don't, I don't know. <laughs> Just yep. don't do it. Don't do it. Obviously, there's a reason they don't put self-destruct into your home devices. Okay. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> They're already spying on you enough. You don't need a bomb in your house, too. Exactly. Uh, <laughs> but. Because that would, actually, that would be terrifying. The more that I think would be about so it. scary. Dude. Because. Because, like you said, you know, we're already all being spied on. And so, like, if we have, if we all have Amazon Alexas and they have the power to self-destruct, someone at, you know, Amazon or something could just randomly decide to blow every single one up. Yeah, I was going to say, like, just imagine if someone hacked into all of them. Exactly, yeah. Like, I'm sure they're not that hard to hack into, okay? Yeah. Alexa, Google Home. Apple, whatever. I'm sure there's yep. a bunch of other ones, too. I don't know. Those are the three main ones that I do know about, and I'm sure they're not that secure. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, I, I don't have any of those. I don't have an Amazon Alexa or Google Home or anything, but I'm just like, you know, I don't... If I had one, that would be terrifying. I have a Google Home, but... <laughs> I know that, yeah. I'm like, I know you have a Google a bomb. Home, but yeah. <laughs> I sure hope it's not at least. <laughs> mm. But um <laughs> but, yeah, so we have Hidgen saying his goodbyes. He's like, it's it's time, you know, that we just embrace what's happening to our world. It's it's so funny because he does a complete, you know, like 180. He's yes. like, okay, it's time to die. Okay, never yeah. mind. You know what? Let's just invite them into the home. Exactly. Which I mean he will die that way, but totally not the way he was originally intending which is a little weird yeah now that i think about it it's pretty weird (laughs) yeah because now he's suddenly like uh sorry uh he's he's suddenly like okay well you know what we will just invite them here through song um i'll have you know here's the keyboard i'm gonna pull the little blanket off the keyboard yeah Uh, you know i have a history in musical theater yes i wrote a little musical myself uh, so oh he starts singing it it's so good it's so yes. good i mean everyone loves show stopping number and if you don't uh, yeah. a problem everyone <laughs> loves it like it it literally was the show stopping number of the yeah. show you have because he you know he starts it he starts playing it on his little keyboard and then obviously because it's a musical you know the band takes over and he gets up and he starts you know acting it out and singing and dancing and everything it's so just incredible it really truly is it is (laughs) and it's so funny because ted becomes invested in the story he's so invested and it's so funny (laughs) i don't know but like i highly encourage anyone who watches this musical like maybe not necessarily the first time you watch it but at least like the second or third time you watch it during this whole scene just watch ted's reaction yes just do it it's so funny 
You've got to watch Ted. You've got to. He is so invested because, you know, uh, Professor Hitchens starts telling a story about like, oh, yeah, you know, I'm swamped with business because the show is <laughs> called Working Boys. So they're yeah. all they all have jobs now. You know, they're out of college. Well, boring. I know. You know, I got meetings and calls and blah, 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 whatever. And it's like, oh, you know, you want to meet up at the football field this Friday? You know what? We'll invite, uh, you know, Steve and Stu and Layton and Mark and Chad. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> and it gets to a point where you know he's said this list of names at least once or twice and it happens the last time and ted says and chad with him and he's yeah. just kind of like oh the story is finally you know it's it's reached a good ending yeah he's like so happy that chad got included or whatever yeah it's <laughs> so so good it it's is. so incredible truly <laughs> yeah but this is what makes the 180 from Amazon self or sorry, Alexa self-destruct to mm-hmm. just working boys so weird. Yeah. Because it's like, okay, so originally you were just gonna blow yourselves up and you were gonna be fine with that, but now you're like, nah, let me give you the pitch to my musical. Right. <laughs> like what? He's like, we've got this, it's fine. Yeah. <laughs> and also, while I was kind of re-watching some of the musical before we started this recording, okay. I realized we get a little bit of foreshadowing with Professor Hidgens uh, early on in the musical. Like, the first time we, like, truly see his character. Mm-hmm. Not in the opening song, but when uh, the meteor hits and, you know, people are coming out yeah. like, oh, what's that? That's weird. Oh, yeah, you're right. Because Professor Hidgens comes out as Cal, like, my God. And he's like, oh, the stage is set or whatever yeah. he says but he makes like a musical theater kind of reference in that way where he says like the stage is set uh it's kind of like oh that's interesting true. that he's using that language that's a good hmm. point <laughs> which i don't think i quite realized that that's a little bit of foreshadowing there i was always just kind of like you know i've seen it a million times mm-hmm. the stage is set you know i'm ready for you like okay whatever but like earlier today i was just like oh Oh, he definitely knows what's going on. Yeah, I didn't even think about that. <laughs> yep. <Huh. laughs> well, alrighty then, Hidgens. <laughs> yep. Well, while he's singing a show-stopping number um, and doing his little intro to his musical for Ted and Emma, who doesn't want to be there, but Ted is invested, you know. Yeah. Um, this is when the zombies finally reach the house. And yes. <laughs> they actually join in on his musical. Which is um, so weird. Yeah. How do they know it? Also that. I'm not really sure how they now, know like, it. I, I've never questioned it until this moment. How do they yeah. know the song and the nope. dance? Not sure. But they do. Be- they know the song. They know the dance. Yeah, because um, Hidgens isn't infected yet. Nope, he's not. So he's not so part of the high mind. Yeah, so they shouldn't know his song yet. No, they should not. That's so weird. But they do. But they do, and they join so, in. They join in, and, you know, Higgins is obviously ecstatic about this. He's like, heck yeah, you know? Yeah. And it's, I don't know, it's kind of just a weird vibe, I guess, because it does genuinely seem like he believes that these are his friends. And it's like, yeah. no, <laughs> why would your friends be there? <laughs> I mean, it could have been, you never know. It could have been them. Like yes. maybe they all live there in that town. I don't know. <laughs> probably not though. <laughs> Pro- probably not. I don't know. But 
uh, you know, the song, it, it goes, you know, they have their little, little dancey dance singing the song situation and the zombie is kind of, you know, he's, he's incredibly happy about all of this. And then the zombies start like ripping him apart. <laughs> yeah. And he's, he's like, yes, make me one of you. Like yeah. whatever. And then but... he's like, no, not my tummy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Cause they, they essentially do the same thing that happened to Charlotte earlier yeah. in the show. Where they just, like, go into his guts and rip him out. Yep. Which is just bleh, but, you know. <laughs> uh-huh. Disgusting. Um. <laughs> yeah. But that's, that's basically the end of Hidgens. Yeah. Um, uh, and Paul arrives at this point. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Hidgens is basically done. He's gone. Yeah, yeah. Paul arrives. He rescues Emma and Ted. Um, the funniest part here that also kind of shows up in a late in a, in the next musical uh is that you know it's like oh should we get rid of these chairs so it's like yeah i'll grab the keyboard and they that's how they get props off the stage at yeah. that point it's yeah. so it was so funny and unexpected that it was like that's hilarious it, it, it yes is. <laughs> <laughs> they didn't it's, have theater crew come and grab the stuff they grabbed the stuff yeah oh yeah which i feel like I feel like that happens a lot with Starkin shows, but maybe not. I, I don't know. I'm not sure. I don't remember. I feel like it just depends. Because I feel like sometimes they just come up with really good ways to get the props off the stage. Yeah. Which I feel like this was a really good way to do it. Turn it into a joke. Oh, yeah. For uh, sure. But also, I, I think it does just depend on the show itself. Yeah. And just how they're doing what they're doing. Yeah, I think you're right. Because I think but, a lot of times they just have, you know, actors move the props. Yeah. <laughs> I think for the most part, you're not wrong about that. I think that's usually what they do. But they, you know, obviously, okay, so Paul just rescued Ted and Emma. Yes. And they're trying to get away from Hidgen's house and away from the zombies and stuff, you know. Um, because Paul now has a way for them to escape and actually, like, make it out of this alive, you know? Yeah. So, uh, they start, you know, heading off to the, the site where the helicopter is supposed to pick them up and the zombies somehow grab Paul and he, like, can't really get away from them. So Emma's, like, trying to help. And Ted is like, nope, see ya. <laughs> <laughs> yep. And he just leaves. Uh, this is the part where he says, I said I was going to be a better man. I'm still not a good one. Yeah. Uh, or whatever, better person or something. And so it's, you know, Ted's like, bye. <laughs> and he leaves. He has the gun and everything. And um, it's just kind of one of those weird situations where it's like, he left Emma and Paul basically defenseless against the zombies. And he makes it to the site where the helicopter's supposed to be. And he uh, he hears the army coming because they have like a, a song. Yeah, and he sees Wait. them and he's yeah. yeah, he hears them and he sees them, I think. And he's like, oh, hey, I'm over here. I'm over here. I'm over here. Yeah. And that's when, uh, you know, they start singing and they turn him into a zombie. And so he yep. sings along. And... I got it. Hold on. I want to look up the song. I want to look up the lyrics. Yeah, but um, the title of the song is "America Is Great Again." Yes. Uh, so that's the one that they're singing right now. And McNamara 
uh, is singing it like really quietly. Yeah, um, like it's it's not a big flashy song yeah. or anything. It's like a nice chill, quiet type of tone, um, which I think is just a tad bit scarier than the rest of the songs. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Yes. Absolutely. Because Man- McNamara, as we know when we watched it, we saw him having a chat with Paul and um, he asked Paul uh, right before Paul left, he asked him, Paul, do you like black coffee? And he was like, yes. And he was like, and um, he, he like asked him if he like hates musicals or if he likes musicals or whatever. And yeah. Paul's like, nope, I hate musicals, you know? And he's like, that's, that's a true blooded American, you know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and so it's incredibly terrifying to see McNamara who was so like coffee hate musicals all of this stuff you know and now yeah. he's like singing it's just like a very chilling like instance um, yeah. in the musical I, I did find the lyrics okay cool I kind of <laughs> want to just read the, the first like two stanzas go just for it because uh so the lyrics are I don't know what you've been told but Americans should fit a mold there's a war to be fought in this country against those that are far too bold. Two-party system left and right. There's only room for right and wrong. It's you and me and me and you. The loudest become the strong. Yeah, we're great again. Mm-hmm. And it's just, it's, the the song is so obviously, like, military-esque in a yeah. sense. Because you, you have, like, the snare drum going in the background, um, yep. doing, like, a march. And just, it's so, just american focused american centric here and i know watching the recording when we get to like yeah we're great again america's great again everyone was like oh i know what you're getting at yeah <laughs> I, I i see i understand i i get that there but uh but there there is a lot of um you know like americans should fit a mold you should be you know patriotic you should be american but that's not how america is america is the big melting pot, you know, there's yeah. people from all over. There's people of all different shapes, sizes, nationalities, religions, whatever, you know? Yep. Precisely. So it's just like, if they're, they're trying to fit everyone into a mold to make America great again, you know, which no, <laughs> no, <laughs> not how it works guys. Yeah. <laughs> but you know, Paul uh, and Emma, are you know they come up next because you know it's all dark on the stage and you know the military just kind of like disappears mm-hmm. after they sing their little song um and paul and emma managed to get to the helicopter you know they got away from the zombies somehow i mean power to emma for saving paul i guess right um, yeah <laughs> how'd you do that unsure <laughs> very unsure they they get to the helicopter, you know, they get to the, the, the spot where they're going to be rescued and they get in it and they're like, okay, like, cool, can we get out of here now, you know? And Paul tries to tell Emma to buckle it. And Emma's like, yes. no. <laughs> <laughs> she's, she's too busy yelling out the side of the helicopter like, fuck you, hatchet field. And flipping it off. <laughs> yep. Um, that's all she cares about right now. But then, you know, they uh, they start thanking the pilot for, like, saving them or whatever. And then the pilot starts singing. 
Yep. Um, and it turns out it's Zoe, according to Emma. And we have that that moment where, you know, the, the pilot aims, like, the gun at uh, Paul and Emma. And they, like, kick the gun up slowly in slow motion. So when the pilot shoots, it actually ends up shooting through the top of the helicopter. Um, <laughs> which is yeah. not great for a helicopter, guys. No, nope. Because, uh... Uh, I'm gonna go with it. Probably hit the blades, the rotor, whatever it's called. Um, and so that's why they start crashing. Uh, yeah, they do start crashing. <laughs> they do crash. <laughs> yes, <laughs> yeah, they actually totally crash. And we find out that Emma has, you know, she's gotten injured. She's she's got a piece of rebar <laughs> through her leg. She she like fell out of the helicopter at some point. Cause yeah. the next the next thing we see is Paul unbuckling himself from his seat and going to find Emma and Emma just crawls onto the stage like, oh God, like yep. ouch. <laughs> and Paul's just like, Emma, I, I tried to tell you, but this is what seatbelts are for. <laughs> Oh my gosh. <laughs> like, Paul is such a character, but he's also, like, one of the tamest people in the in the cast, essentially, you know? so true. So it's true. So interesting. <laughs> but he's like, Emma, we've got to go, like, we got to go do this. And Emma's like, I'll never make it, Paul. Like, you have to go by yourself, you know, go kill the, the alien hive mind. Go destroy it. It's at the theater. Just go blow it up. And he's like, oh okay um <laughs> mm-hmm. and so he i guess takes some random grenades that were from the helicopter and uh you know heads on over to the starlight theater that has before, the meteor in it before we go over there though yes go for it uh before he leaves emma you know they're they're kind of having their little like uh small heart to heart of like oh paul you know like if, if anything happens you know like uh, I don't remember what's happening, but uh, she's like, oh, before you leave, kiss me or something. Oh, yeah. And and so, you know, like they're leaning, they're slowly leaning in for a kiss. And then Emma coughs up blood, yep. like onto Paul. And he's just kind of like, oh, oh, Emma. And she's kind of like, oh, uh, uh, didn't expect that. Uh, I think that's it, though. So get back on in here, you know, for a kiss. And Paul's like, uh, no, thank you. Yeah, he's like, <laughs> I'm, I'm good. <laughs> yeah. And I was like, you know what? Yeah, that, you're right. You're right. That's probably for the best. Okay, bye. Get out of here. <laughs> yeah. So Paul <laughs> heads over to go kill the aliens, essentially. Um, or at least what they understand might kill the aliens. Because obviously it's not a proven fact. You know, they haven't actually done it before, so. Yeah. It could just not work. Who knows? Who knows? (laughs) Um, But he he does, he heads over to the the Starlight Theater. And, you know, when he gets there, he's like, oh, this is the meteor, you know. and, And he's pretty ready to just, like, throw some grenades at it. Yeah. But all of a sudden, all these people start showing up. From his life. <laughs> mm-hmm. Who are supposed to be dead. They're zombie versions of themselves. <laughs> I think it's so funny. Because you know he, he starts 
pointing out the people who he knows. And he's like, oh, Bill, Ted, Mr. Davidson, Emma's boss. Yeah. <laughs> like, he doesn't really know Emma's boss, but he knows that that's her boss. Yeah, he knows, like, who they are and stuff. And he's like, what the heck, you know? Which, I guess it's interesting that Charlotte didn't show up. Definitely interesting. Because because Nora's boss and Charlotte are played by the same character. Uh, yeah, the same actor actress. Yeah. Uh, and so it's like, I, I think they chose Emma's boss just for the, the funniness, you know, for the joke of it. I think so, too. But, like, if we wanted people that Paul knew, then it should have been Charlotte. Charlotte. But I, I think it's just better to have uh, Emma's boss. Yeah. Yeah, I think so, too. Yeah. Get, get some Nora in there. <laughs> yep, get some Nora in there. <laughs> But which we don't oh, yeah. see Charlotte ever again. No, I don't think we do. Yeah. Oh, that's so weird. Cause I think the last time we saw her was, when she uh, got shot. when she got shot. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. That is All interesting. right. They really said goodbye, Charlotte. We don't need they, you anymore. They did. <laughs> <laughs> see you later. <laughs> see you later. But yeah, so Paul gets there and um, he's like, oh, I'm just going to like blow up the meteor. It's fine. And they're like, oh, you wouldn't do that, Paul. You know, like we wa- we just want to know like what you want. And they also kind of let slip that while he's been there, he's been breathing in the spores. Uh, yeah. So he's already apothesizing. Is that the word? I'm sure. We'll go with it. I don't know. His apotheosis is upon him. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) Um, So he's already basically becoming part of the hive mind. Um, And so we get this this moment where he he gets to start singing for like the first time ever in the musical. Technically the second time. Okay, true. He did sing Moana earlier. He did. But... Badly, but he started singing it. <laughs> but anyway, yeah, this is the good singing, okay? Um, <laughs> yeah, exactly. This is his first, like, real song song. Um, yeah. It's called Let It Out. And he, I, I'm not sure how you pull this off, but he did a damn good job at switching between personas. <gasps> yes. And... I think the only time I've ever seen someone do it like this is Jeff Blim. So. Yeah, I mean, like, there, there are definitely other examples of uh, of this kind of thing, of switching between personas. Because uh, there's also uh, Jekyll and Hyde. Which oh, I, I know... mean, I'm talking about, like, from Star Kids. Oh, from Star Kids. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not talking okay, about I, other I, musicals. I, I got you about, about Jekyll and Hyde. In general, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that one's a good one. But no, I'm talking about just in Star Kid. Like, I think the okay, only yeah, other yeah. person I've ever actually seen do this is Jeff Blim. I could well, be I think wrong. I think that's the only other time they've had something like this happen. But yeah, I think so too. Jeff Blum likes to go a little crazy sometimes when he's on stage. I think it has to do with the fact that he writes some of these things and he likes yeah. it. <laughs> but this isn't Jeff Blim who's doing it in it's this not. musical. It's not. Which so... is interesting because he loves to have his little crazy moments, but not yeah. this time. <laughs> I, I just had another random example, but it's not actually an example. It's something slightly different. Oh, 
Okay. All I, I, I was thinking of Holy Musical Batman and Two-Face, but that's not oh. the same as this. No. Nope, it's not. <laughs> it's not even near being the same as this. Nope. Nowhere near it. Although that is the first musical Jeff Blim was in. That's true. That's true. But uh, but all all I could think of is Two Face being like saying something about like oh uh, like that's mine and mine yeah or something yeah I remember that part. <laughs> I know what you're talking about. Yeah. It's I mean it's related. It's just not the same. It's it's not the same. Yeah. No. It's yeah. definitely not the same. But. But we have Paul, um, you know, the guy who doesn't like musicals, in case you guys forgot that he doesn't like musicals. Um, he's singing in a musical now. Um, yeah! <laughs> which is not what you would necessarily expect, I guess, from him. Because, you know, he's being forced into it, kind of. Yeah. Because, uh, cause, you know, they, they start the song and it's like, all it's the ensemble singing who starts yeah. the song. And they're kind of like, oh, just let it out, let it out, let it out. Um, and eventually he's just he just sings never. And then he's like, what was that? And they're like, you yeah. let it out. <laughs> yeah. And he's like, oh, no. <laughs> and so he just has this whole moment where he, like, switches between, like, singing and talking. So it's like, you know, alien yeah. version of Paul. And then we have normal Paul trying to fight it. Yeah. Um, which I think is really interesting because I don't think anyone else really tried to fight it. No, it just kind yeah. of happened. Yeah, maybe Paul just hates musicals enough that he can fight it, or like he knows what's going on. I think a lot yeah. of people just didn't know what was happening, That's so they point. didn't fight it. But I, I think a lot of these, like I, I think Paul is just kind of like, I know what's happening. I fucking hate musicals. I'm trying yeah. to fight this, so let's not have this happen. Okay. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. That makes a lot of sense, actually. But, um... We... Oh, go ahead. Oh, I I, I do want to point out that there's a part of the song where he's, you know, like, reflecting on his life, and he's just kind of like, I've never been happy. And I'm like, oh, okay. So we get a little bit... We get to know Paul just a tiny bit more, but only a tiny bit. Just a little bit. Just a teeny tiny sliver, where apparently he has never been happy. No, never. Why would he be happy? I'm... I'm kind of like, I want to dive more into his story now. Like, right? what happened in your life? Or was it just boring? Are you just boring? You don't know how to find happiness? Like, what's He's happening? definitely boring. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we knew this already, but has he always been boring? Yes. Maybe something happened, you know? And he was like, well, nope, I'm not doing anything ever again. Right? <laughs> I don't know, man. I don't know but- either. During this, he also manages to, you know, recognize what exactly is happening and that he still has, like, a mission that he's mm-hmm. on. And he still manages to, you know, pull a pin on a grenade and throw it at the meteor. Uh, and as he throws it, he yells out, I don't like musicals. Yes, yes, he does. So despite the aliens doing their darndest to take over Paul, he still manages to keep his head just enough to complete what he was trying to do at the meteor. Yeah. I, this is something random that I've, I've noticed. I don't know if I've noticed it the first few times, but definitely like in reruns of me watching this musical. Okay. Lauren Lopez isn't 
like her her she's not really in the scene until yeah. literally the very end like as paul's about to like pull a pin on the grenade she just like comes in right at the last moment for like no reason at all and i'm kind of like why is she here why is she showing up is it just to make it all look better or something yeah like she's there for like five seconds and the scene ends that's true yeah i don't know i don't know either <laughs> I like I, I think it's genuinely they're just like we Lauren we want like it's probably what it was is that during a rehearsal they were like Lauren let's have you come in right here at this point like this and see if we like how it looks and yeah. then they probably liked it and they were like alright let's do it you're probably right because like maybe they were like it's missing something and that something was Lauren definitely I mean everything's missing Lauren if she's not I there, mean yeah so. obviously Duh. I mean everyone loves Lauren we I love, love Lauren. Lauren she's fantastic <laughs> I mean I love pretty much everyone in the show yeah same I can't pick just one uh, or at least you know like definitely the people who have been in like several of these musicals yes like Jamie Lynn Beatty love oh my her yeah I absolutely love her her yes. and Joey and Lauren and Jeff Love that. I mean, you know, trail to Oregon. Let's go. <laughs> Corey Norris. Love him. <laughs> yep. Yep. Just keep adding more from trail to Oregon. Let's go. Keep going. Keep going. Just, just take the cast of trail to Oregon <laughs> and make sure all six of them are in every single musical you do from oh here on gosh. out. That would have been amazing. But you know, <laughs> the mom was not here. <laughs> Yeah, I know. I love her, though. She's amazing. I know. She's so good. She played Jasmine in Twisted. She did. And she was in Firebringer. She... Yeah, that's right. She was. <laughs> God, I, I would love to see her in more musicals. I would, too. I feel like she was probably just busy when they did this, or they just didn't have like, a possible. role for her or something. Yeah. I don't know. I do, anyway. I do kind of wonder how they choose who does what roles, if they write for specific people sometimes or what. Or if they have like auditions to see who could play it yeah. the best like, or something. I, I feel like sometimes they probably do, you yeah. know, but I don't know. I, I, I am curious, though, if it's like, hey, if we do this musical, would you be interested and would you be available? Yeah, that's a good question. Who knows? <laughs> no idea. Nope. No clue. But... The ending of the musical. Yes. Because, you know, the meteor is now blown up and it is like the next day or a, or a few It might be a few days later. later. Yeah. I, think I don't know. Yeah, I think it's like a week or two later or something. It's some time has passed. How about that? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> we, we get like a newscast, essentially, from Clivesdale, which we've been yeah. hearing about throughout the whole musical, you know. They always say, like, fuck Clivesdale or whatever, you know? <laughs> yeah. Um, so people don't have a good opinion of Clivesdale. But, you know, Clivesdale is having a little newscast talking about, oh, it's been two weeks since the events. Yeah. There you yeah, go. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Now we, we know. There we go. So it talks about that, how it's been two weeks and how, like, everyone in Hatchetfield just died and it's crazy and they're trying to still get, like, over it and used to it and stuff. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, Emma is in a hospital in Clivesdale and we get to see her going into like witness production. Basically, she gets her new name, which I think is Kelly. Yes. 
And she's like, really, why did it have to be Kelly? Why couldn't it have been something like actually close to my name? Because I actually liked my name. You know, witness protection doesn't work that way, guys. You cannot have a name that is close to your old name. It's not how it works. Sorry. That'd be too easy to find. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Um, (laughs) But anyway, she's getting set up with her, you know, weed farm in Colorado, all this good stuff, everything that she had ever hoped for. They're like, we really appreciate you for having that idea to blow up the meteor. Like we are, we are definitely not going to like ignore that, you know? Yeah. Um, And they're like, oh, also there's like this, uh, this guy who's gonna help get you to Colorado. And yeah, uh, she's like, Oh, yeah, they, they they gave her uh, like a pot farm there. They gave her yeah. a farm there for her to grow pot. Yeah. Uh, and they're like, oh yeah, you're gonna be escorted by Mr. Ben Bridges. And she's like, That's oh, right. I don't I don't know any Ben Bridges. And I'm like, I wouldn't expect you to, to be honest. They right? just said you were being escorted. They didn't say that he was gonna like come there and live with you. I always thought that was super weird. I was right? like, but it's yeah. an escort. It's not like exactly. they're saying, you are living with this person. This is your new husband or whatever. You right? Know? Yeah. Like, they're it's just like saying he, he's, he's taking He's escorting you, you, yeah. He's going to drop you off. Have fun. Yeah. <laughs> and so she's like, oh, I don't know, Miss uh, Ben Bridges. And, she, and this woman's kind of like, oh, well, my records tell me that you were very close with him. And it's like, mm-hmm. okie dokie. Yeah, it's like, um, sure. Like, who is this? You know? Yeah. Um, but then we very quickly find out that it's Paul. <laughs> yep. Yep. Because she goes and is like, oh, oh, it's Paul. <laughs> yes. And she's very happy to see him, you know. And now that I think about it, it definitely had to have been, like, longer than just like a day or two because Emma probably wouldn't have been able to necessarily walk immediately yes, after yeah. what happened to her leg. <laughs> yep. Anyway. I, find it, I find it funny that she's still in the same clothes yep. as, you know, like when, or at least she's wearing the same kind of outfit as I she mean, did yeah. before. Yeah. Why not? <laughs> why not? You know, everyone has to have all, all characters have that same outfit that they wear all the time in every episode. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yes, they do. They do. They never change clothes. They have multiples of the same thing in their closet. Never. Never, ever. Why would they do that? Right? (laughs) I know. But anyway, um, she's very excited to see Paul. Um, Paul seems pretty excited to see her, too, you know? Yeah, yeah, you know, they hug. They hug it out. Yeah. Uh, Emma's like, oh my gosh, how did you make it out, you know? And, And then Paul starts singing. Yep. Um. <laughs> well, like while they're hugging, Paul starts yep. singing. Yep. And Emma and they pull like they kind of pull apart, and Emma's like, "Paul, <laughs> like what's going on?" Yep. And uh, and Paul specifically says uh, that you know Emma lost you know in the in the song that he's singing. Yep. And you know it's very clearly freaking Emma out. <laughs> yeah. Oh, absolutely. Which- that would freak me out too. <laughs> she just went through a super traumatizing experience, you know? Yes. So anyone who starts singing to her, that's going to be a little weird. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely would be. Um, this song is called Inevitable. <laughs> yes. And um, this is literally the song they end the musical with. They, uh, you know, Paul starts it, you know, some other zombies join in and they're singing other like, 
little medleys and versions of other songs from the show. You know, basically telling her that she should join them because they found happiness. And yeah, and it's inevitable. She has to yeah, join them. It's inevitable, duh. And so, you know, while they're all singing, Emma's like yelling out at the crowd, like the audience, being like, <laughs> help me, help me, yeah. call someone. And you know? there's, there's a point where I, I don't think we really see what's happening, but she's genuinely like talking to some people in the audience. And you see like one audience member standing up like beside her or whatever. And it's like, what are you doing? Right. Like you're not trying to steal their seat. I know that. But what's happening over there? Yeah. Because <laughs> I think she's basically just like, does anyone have a cell phone I can use? Like, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, she she's literally like begging for someone to help her. She is. And she's like, why are none of you listening? Why are you clapping? Blah, blah, blah. Because obviously the musical's over. <laughs> uh, I would say that's after the musical's over. <laughs> but, well, yeah, uh, that's what this part is. Oh, the the whole why are you clapping is after the song is technically over. Well, yeah, but she she. But yeah, no, know, that's that's what the song is. Yeah, until she... the song ends anyway. Yeah, and keeps yeah, yeah. Going. <laughs> yeah. But yeah. But. But yeah, so so song goes. They uh they eventually, eventually the song ends with Emma just screaming and all of them like coming to get her, you know. Yep. And then they do like their bows and everything. And Emma is still just screaming at the audience. Like someone help me. Let me use your phone. Why are you all clapping while the rest of the cast (laughs) is bowing for their up for the applause. Um, And I I just love that Lauren never breaks character here. She's still just like, what's happening? Yeah, it was literally Um, perfect. It was so it's so good. And they and the rest of the cast, you know, points to her as well because they're like, oh, she deserves applause too. And then they do have to drag her off stage and she's in character the entire time screaming, just like help. Which is amazing, honestly. It's so funny. It's so good. She is amazing. We love we love love, We love Lauren. She's someone who has been in if not every single Starkin musical, then at least most of them. Definitely most of them. I'm trying to think if there's any that she has not been in. I can't remember any that she hasn't been in, but she possible. wasn't in Me and My Dick. Oh, yeah, I wouldn't really know because I haven't actually finished that one. Oh, that's right. You haven't finished that one. Yeah, no, she's <laughs> not in that one that okay. I can remember. Okay. But I, I think otherwise, I think she's been in every single one other than that. Okay. Sounds good. <laughs> yeah. Power to her. Actually, wait, was she in Annie? Do we know? Oh, I don't know. I don't, th- I don't think she was in Annie. Maybe. I don't remember Annie either. I don't either, but I've also only seen the first act of Annie. So. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, I, I don't think she was in Me and My Dick and she wasn't in Annie. Okay. But I think she's been in everything else otherwise. Okay. Sounds good. And then, like, same with Jamie Lynn Beattie. She's been in she's practically been everything. Yeah. yeah. You can't say that for most of them. I know. Yeah. At least not anymore. Because there are some who were in the early ones who quit. Mm-hmm. because um, they went on to bigger and better things or because yeah. they just weren't interested anymore yeah. or whatever or they gave up musicals because of politics who was that joe 
Walker. Oh, wait, really? Yeah. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, he gave up being in Starkid musicals because I think Trump became president. I'm not 100% sure. I know I've read about it somewhere. I need to know more about this. It was something like that. He, like, decided that if something political happened, he was just going to go focus on normal life instead. Oh, so it was just if this happens, yeah. I will stop. Oh, yeah. okay. And it happened. Okay. So he I, I thought I thought it was gonna be like he had a specific reason for like oh if like Trump became president, so I decided to stop with musicals, no. and I'm like, what the fuck? I, mean, I think it was <laughs> like that though. I think that's what it was. It, it, yeah, it was but just if this happens, I'll stop. It was just like unfortunate because mm-hmm. I love Joe Walker, and I wish he was still in. Yeah, musicals. I wish he was still in musicals. He was so good. He was, like, my initial obsession before I found out about Jeff Flim. Before Jeff Flim, yeah. Understood. <laughs> Understood. So, Joe Walker was really good. I-, I love Joe Walker. I mean, he was in a musical with Jeff Flim. He was in two. He was in actually. two? Wasn't he? Wait, no, he might have just been No, one. I think it it's was just probably one. just Holy Musical Batman. Yeah, I think it's anyway. only that one. I love him. I love both of them. He's they're, fan- they're they're both fantastic. I hope that Joe Walker is living his best life. So I hope so. You know, politics yeah. suck. So <laughs> I know. Yeah. But anyway, <laughs> I feel the need to look up Joe Walker like now. What the fuck? You should. You should. I was that's- <laughs> Joe Walker. <laughs> She's gonna do it right now. <laughs> Um, that is the guy who didn't like musicals, though. It's a wonderful musical. You should absolutely yes. watch it. It is free on YouTube. You might have to watch some ads, but that's YouTube. That's not them. Okay? Yes. So, you know, go enjoy it. It's wonderful. It's like maybe two hours long, I think, at most. Uh I think it's just under two hours, though. Yeah, I think... Hold on. Wait, do I still have it pulled up? Because I was genuinely watching it before this. I'm pretty sure it's just under two it's, hours. It's an hour, 50, 52 minutes, and 36 seconds. See? I was right. <laughs> <laughs> just under two hours. And this episode is two hours long. So... Yeah. Exciting. Uh, <laughs> but that is the guy who didn't like musicals. We love it. We're excited yeah. to get to talk about Black Friday when we get to that. I'm so um, excited for Black Friday. I love Black Friday. Yeah. It'll be great. I need to rewatch it because I think that's <gasps> one I've only seen like once or twice. Wait, maybe. Joe Walker was in two musicals with Jeff Blim. I was Because he right. was in Twisted. I was yeah, right. He was <sighs> in Twisted. Oh my God, I forgot. Yeah, he was. Yes. Yes, he, I was he, right. He, he was yeah. Ahmed. He was ha. Ahmed. Yes. Okay, I was going to yes. say, I'm pretty sure he was in two. <laughs> Yeah, no, he was, he was. You're okay. right, you're right, you're right. And see, look at me. I remember, oh. <laughs> I remember my obsession. You remember, it's yeah, fine. yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, no, one of the additional facts on the Starkid wiki page is that Joe's decided to take a break from acting after the 2016 U.S. presidential election. All right, yep, I well. was right. I knew it. <laughs> <laughs> wait, what? Wait, I want to know more about this fun fact. What fun Joe- fact? Joe put out a fire in a trash can dressed as Voldemort during a performance of a very Potter musical. Oh my gosh. That's a long time ago though. I wanna I wanna know more about some of this. <laughs> Lol. Yeah. Well. But 
That is that is it. <laughs> Wait, so these fun facts are just fake. Oh, are they? <laughs> yeah, so so one of the fun facts on here is he can shoot sparkles out of his fingers when he gets really happy. Ah. He eats protein shakes, falcon eggs, and rocks. Uh, he's happy as a squirrel as long as he's with Mr. Quirrell. Oh, my God. And he worships our lord and savior, the duck. Oh, my gosh. They're just <laughs> facts from the musical. I know. <laughs> oh, That's God. Funny. That's, That's hilarious. Really All right. Anyway, sorry. I will close this page. <laughs> we don't have to talk about Joe anymore. <laughs> I can look at Jeff Blim instead. Hold no, on. no, no, no. Hold on. I want to see what his fun facts are. If he has any, I'm sure he does. Does he have well, fun let's, facts? Let's, uh, no, he does not. Oh, oh That's so sad. Wait a minute. Why does Jeff he not have Blim. any fun facts? Come on. All right, fine. I'm done. I'm closing this window. <laughs> Anyways. Um. Okay. <laughs> oh wait there was oh, more no. i want to talk about hold on hold okay. on just just at the end it's at the end okay okay so so you know how paul goes to the meteor and all that stuff happens and he blows it up with a grenade and you yeah. know how everyone was around the meteor at that time you had, yeah. you had paul you had mr davidson you had bill and ted and everything yeah what if they have all been blown up by the grenade like yeah completely destroyed I think so. So how is Paul still and everyone still there at the very end when they see Emma again? Wouldn't I'm they sure. be horribly disfigured or just yeah. in a million pieces? You would think. You would think. You would I don't think. know. I don't know how that grenade worked. Or maybe or if it didn't work. I would say I would say or maybe at some point we just get a dream of what Paul thinks is happening, but in reality, he's been taken over by the hive mind. <gasps> no, I don't like that. Colin, I don't <laughs> like that. Stop it. Stop it. Too late. I said it. I said it. No, because now I'll I never be able it. to think of it otherwise. You're the worst. <laughs> I know. I love it. Oh my God. Of course you do. <laughs> but I, I do have one more fun fact about okay. like the musical in general. Uh, yeah. There was, there was at least one performance where I believe it. Who was it? Was it Nick Lang? I think had to step in for Lauren as Emma oh, for at no, least one really? performance, if not like two or three performances, because <laughs> Lauren got sick and just literally could not perform. That's amazing. So just just imagine a guy. <laughs> Being Emma instead. Yes, <laughs> Nick. Yes, Nick. Yes. I love it. I think it's hilarious. That's I amazing. really wish there was like actual footage of that. I know there's footage of rehearsals. Yeah. But I don't, I, I do not think there, there's any actual footage of the performance. Yeah. That would be so crazy. Right? I would love to see that. Right? I would love to see that. Like, don't get me wrong. I love Lauren, but I would love to see Nick Lang as Emma. Right. (laughs) Oh my gosh. Yeah. Yeah. But anyway, that's the musical. Yeah. Great. It's good. You should watch it if you haven't seen it. Um, Highly recommend. Definitely recommend it. 
And if you enjoyed this episode, just go give us a little thumbs up or a rating or whatever if you want to, if you feel like it. That would be cool. We would appreciate it. Yeah. Could be cool. You could come join the Discord and hang out with us. Yes, definitely. Tons of fun. Do that. It would be great. And... You know, we are having movie nights like every weekend. So if you want to know when those are happening, it's in the Discord. So yeah. you'll get a more accurate, you know, warning, I guess. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Of when they're happening, uh, if you're in it. Uh, and we stream every Sunday. So at least every Sunday that we have the schedule to stream because yes. sometimes we can't. But, you know, if we can't, yeah. we usually try to let you guys know. Yep. Um, but yeah, that's that's it, I think. That's it. Okay, cool. <laughs> we love this musical. We do. We <laughs> love it. We love it so much. It's we, so good. We can't stop talking about how much we love it. <laughs> <laughs> yep. But in other words, happy holidays. We hope you enjoyed this episode of Books, Movies, and Musicals, Oh My. If you'd like to connect with us, be sure to check us out on Twitter, Tumblr, Instagram, and Facebook at BMM Oh My. Be sure to check out our website at bmmohmy.wixsite.com slash home. And check us out on Patreon at www.patreon.com slash bmmohmy. You can email us at books.movies.and.musicals.ohmy at gmail.com. Our socials, website, Patreon, and email address can be found in the description of this episode. Thank you all so much for listening. If you liked this episode, be sure to share it with your friends and family and even random strangers on the street. We can't wait to talk with you all next week. Bye! Bye.